Wardcast episode 220. I'm Del Vento, and I am joined by Nelson Johnson. What's up? Alex Damrath. Hi. And Joe Wetmore. Believe it. Nice, nice. Actually, nice, it's Naruto. Nice, Special nice. guest Naruto. Oh, okay. Uh, today's <laughs> guess an anime. Games. I've never seen an episode of Naruto. I don't know how to do these references anymore. <laughs> ninja Run! Ninja Run! I no, thought, you did it. That's it. <laughs> she shouts Ninja Run. Right. That'd be great. I thought for you a second. You know where my hands are right now. <laughs> You're behind. Yeah. Behind. I thought I thought you were doing Prapper the Rapper at first, but that's you gotta believe. Oh. Just gotta, gotta do believe. what? You gotta yeah, believe. believe. Alright, guys, this is my top. This is my game. Yes, yes, yes. Sure. Day, day three. Best game's played. Day Wait. three, part three. Timer oh, starts shortly. Who's? It's, 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 it's Joe's turn. It's Joe's turn. Yeah. Joe's turn. Joe's turn. Me. Okay. I got games. I have I have the least games. This is honestly. You don't have the least games. I, yeah, dude. Yeah. I, we games. have the same number of games. No. Oh, oh you mean total? Yeah. Yes. I just added one, but. Right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, do I have Your two time. minutes? No, no, no. You have two hours. Two minutes to do all of my games? Yeah. Okay. Make it count. Starts now. Thank you. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go worst to best. I think that I like that. I just feel like, that like style? we're building to a thing. Uh, I To clarify, yes, Joe only has five games. Six now. On Six. He has six games on his top ten list. Um, it just wasn't 27, 2018. 2018 was nuts for me. I, uh, it was yeah. it was Breath of the Wild. It was Near Automata, Altamatos. It was oh, Persona Five. Automata. It was Sorry. it was just prior. There was so many games last year. It was ridiculous. There, I mean, Breath of the Wild wasn't last year, but that's when you played. That's it. That's when I played it. Yes. Uh, so 2018 would have been. I would have had more than 10 games. Anyways, my top 10. I'll start with a dishonorable mention. It's not on the oh, list, oh, okay. but oh, wow. I do want to say you mentioned it uh, in your long list of everything we've played this year, and I was uh-huh, like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Mordhau." Mordhau is oh gosh, I loved this game so much, but it refused to let me enjoy it. it like refused to the love community you back. was the like the the chat was. I had to mute the chat at some point, but but you didn't need to talk to your team. It was just like between the controversies and like the rampant bigotry in the chat. It was just like you've taken a beautiful thing and you've just raked it through. Mm. And anyways, rip more now. It was dishonorable mention. Honorable mention. Okay, well, <laughs> guess not that honorable. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Uh, anyways, number six, bringing up the rear, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, the rear, the rear. This is the rear. Okay. It's, it's, it's a the caboose. It is a solid Fire Emblem. Uh, it has the combat that you like from Fire Emblem with a little bit more, like you can do a little bit more uh, mix and match of like weapons and stuff, and you get there's, there's some improvements to the way they do spells. The thing they've added to this is this huge Persona Five butt. Where you go into the monastery and you build up relationships with characters. Say butt, the butt, yeah, the butt, the big old Persona Five butt. They they got that big old Persona Five butt. Anyways, tell me more. You you have like you, in between missions, you have an amount of activities you can do, and you go and you you have to choose. Okay, am I going to spend time with this student? Am I going to spend time with that student? Am I going to you know train with this teacher? Am I going to do gardening? Am I going to do tr- sword training, sword tournaments, whatever? Um, and that is, I think, at this point, a pretty proven g- good game design. Ace plus. Nice. It, it, it's the resource management in between, like going out and doing missions. Uh, it just makes you feel like you have consequential cho- consequence, 
consequential choices. Yeah. Consequence. Yep. Con- yep. Your choices yep. have yeah. consequences. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it, it makes the game, even though you have drastically different gameplay between when you're in the monastery and when you're on the battlefield, uh, it all feels like you have kind of momentum moving forward. Um, and uh, I, I like that. I, I do think, though, like, all that said, it's not as good as Persona 5 at doing this. It's not as good as Fire Emblem liking it being a Fire Emblem game. But what made it really great for me uh, was that when it came out, the conversation around it was so so darn good. Yeah, I heard there was a fervor. That, I, mean, I didn't hear I there was a fervor. The, I saw fervor. the fervor. Yeah. Did you, did you guys, you guys play it? No. Okay. So, but I mean, you have three different houses you can choose from and multiple potential pl- pathways the story can go. Gundis! And it just made a beautiful place, you know, and, and it's on top of like, who's the best waifu, you know, all that common challenge you've got to have. you got to have it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it does, it was just so much fun to talk about for yeah. so long. Yeah. Uh, and I do think, you know, that's kind of gone now. It's still fun, but that was, in, in a lot of ways, it, it became this very communal game, even though it's a single player game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. So yeah, Fire Emblem Three Houses. What's um? I, I have some questions. All right. About Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, I've heard from lots of sources that like optimal playthrough is like, well, you're supposed to play through it maybe three or four times to get like four every ounce is, of the story. Yeah, four is every every possible outcome. Okay. Because you go to each house. Does the game right. length yes. for each playthrough complement this? Yes. So there is uh, and and so if you beat it the first time, you get tools that help you expediate the game oh oh cool uh, it's not great. started a second playthrough that's smart so i don't know what they are i, I but uh, i've only played through it once um and we've also had really big discussions about like there's really big reveals in the game and you mm-hmm. don't get all the reveals on each on like on any one playthrough right and so it is really interesting to also consider the order that you play the houses in because mm-hmm. it kind of every time you play it affects the way you feel about different characters mm-hmm. and how the choices they make is characters in this game make some pretty brutal choices. Right. I got the sense it was sort yeah. of like Rashomon style. Like yeah, every sense, playthrough is, actually, is another perspective. Right. And, but I heard that and got immediately like very tired. Yeah. Just because <laughs> like, I cool. understand Fire Emblem games are like 20 hours. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if it was... Maybe way more than that. Thoughtful. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. like sixty or something. Yeah, on the, average. Uh, apparently, you can you can zip through the game on when you go through subsequent playthroughs, unless okay. you do like the ramped up difficulty, and then it's probably gonna take a lot longer. But there, you have tools to smooth through, and I, I don't know what those are, but um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it it is also I think it, it is exhausting to think about playing through it multiple times ahead of time. But then once you get into it. I think because of the way it reveals details about characters, you become so curious about the characters you don't get. Mm-hmm. Because unlike other Fire Emblem games, you can miss getting characters in Fire Emblem games, but you miss a lot in this game because based on which house you choose, you get a certain guaranteed set of characters and then you have to win over other students to get them into your house. You have to prove that you're really good at sword fighting or give them a lot of cakes or something. Um <laughs> Because that's you have how to, I get one over. Right. You, well, you yeah. have to butter him up to get him on your side. But every character that you Swords don't get... Swords and cakes. Every character that you don't get is a story that you're potentially missing out on. And yeah. also, some characters carry with them bonus missions that you just won't see that reveal more about the plot if you don't have them. So there's just lots of small ways where you're like, oh, man, there's more I can know, right? Okay. So we're kind of talking from a high vantage point. Can you like give me specifics of like what's a great character moment you really enjoyed, or what's a great oh, like? It's tough. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to avoid the big one. The big, the, the probably the most 
profound character arc in the game is Edelgard. I think she's generally everyone's favorite. Um, is she the is she the like, she's the Black Eagles leader. So oh, oh okay. She's uh, who's she, the one that like locks herself in a room and like refuses to come. That's out? Bernadetta. Okay, um, that's right. She's she's got a dark past, but I think the one that got me <laughs> I, that that's literally like. You could say that that's the backstory of any anime, anime character. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, but that's not actually true in, of all the characters in this game. Like, in the one I, yeah, the I one I think so. The thing, example I think I would choose is a character named Ferdinand, who I started off kind of hating. He was very much like, and you're kind of supposed to hate him up front. He's set up as the the noble who likes the way nobles are. Like, sure. I believe uh, in the yeah, noble yeah, yeah, order. Yeah, yeah. Right. I believe the noble. Hog. He thinks he's he's always trying to beat Edelgard. He's got this kind of a toxic masculinity thing going on, and he's just the worst in every way. Because there are. Because the different houses have different like views on like how the world should be run, right? right? Like there's one that is like an aristocracy, right? And there's one that's like an empire, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's one that's got a more neutral view. It's it's I yeah I, that they the way they handle discussions of politics is actually pretty pretty darned interesting because it is ultimately the game is ultimately regardless of which way you go very critical of nobility and the way classism works, um, but it also doesn't let any one character be flawless. So like characters who are hypercritical of nobility are also pretty terrible themselves in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Bernadetta has some abuse, but Ferdinand is interesting because he believes in the nobility, but he has a conversation at some point. If you, if you get him to like build his relationship up with another character, Hubert, um, he'll, Hubert will criticize him and he'll be like, why are you always trying to beat Lady Lady Edelgard? And he says, it's not about, um, me trying to be better. I'm not trying to prove it to myself. It's my duty in, in nobility is that when I when my father dies and Edelgard's emperor, I will be her advisor. And I need to be confident in myself that I can challenge her, but also, you know, give her away. I I, I want to be better than her so I can be her best advisor. Right. And you got get it. this moment where it's just like, holy shit, he's got a whole like layer of personality. And then you find out more shit about his dad and how he's connected to stuff. And uh, it not every character gets, you know, satisfying turns. A lot of them are very anime. That's goes with the territory. Yeah. Um, but when you do get invested, once you get sucked in, it doesn't really matter because you're kind of there for all of it, no matter how like over the top it is. Um, so yeah, I, uh, Ferdinand was, was great. And it turned me out for, like, it brought me from not using that character to being like, Oh, he's in my party all yeah, the time. That's cool. that's cool. Um, tell me about the time jump. So, uh, at a certain point in the game, you, um, you, you kind of build to, um, you're in this monastery and you uncover some details about your character. And I guess I, we, we've been doing full spoilers. I, I don't really like talking about spoilers. So I love I think, spoilers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you monster. I um, love them. It gets to a point where you, everything is kind of thrown up in the air as to who is right and wrong. Uh, and depending on what you do in the time jump, whether you side with so-and-so or so-and-so, uh, it's ultimately a, a turning point between all these students, all these houses take classes together, same monastery to all of these houses represent different factions in a war. And also a lot of magical religious gobbledygook mm-hmm. um, because it's also the monastery is the house, the seat of power of a religion in the world. And oh, there's various okay. divisions of it. So wait, hold on a sec. So it is a religious monastery, but also like a military a, school. Yeah. So, so in the way, it, well, the reason that is, is because in this world, and this is probably one of the most interesting fire emblem settings, I think um, you have different military powers, different military factions, um, the three divided into threes mainly. There's other small factions around, but um, they are all tied together 
by a kind of holy figure, a belief in a central holy figure. And that is where like everyone agrees, okay, this is our this is our like middle ground. We we are right. we may have tensions with each other, but we all yeah. work together and learn together via this church. You don't fight in the house of God. Right. And so <laughs> Nobles go to this monastery to, in part, to become closer to the church, but also to get to know each other. And you know, like you're you're in your houses, but you're training alongside students from other houses. Um, and it leads to some really interesting interactions where they were students together, and then later on, you know, after the time jump, now they're in war together, and it's like, oh fuck, you know, you got to hear these people talking about like, but this person was my friend. I got to kill them now, like, and it's that stuff. It 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 does a good thing where the game starts off feeling like that like school anime you know everybody's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, chipper yeah. but then mm-hmm. reality just comes crashing in after the time jump oh, that's cool. I like and, that. uh, yeah. and and everybody gets to age and you get you know your new anime yeah, how much is the stuff. time jump how long five is... years oh okay all right um mm. which is enough to make everyone look more badass basically. yeah like some guy gets an eye patch or something yeah someone loses an eye yeah. um other well, characters bigger sideburns yeah actually um, no he just has a full like chin strap right that's a bad that's it's not the best wanna, but it looks but he looks good. okay yeah, yeah. Cla- claude, you can't make claude look bad honestly <laughs> claude is probably the sexiest character in the game yep um ferdinand grows a long beautiful luscious <laughs> his hair goes from like small little boy cut to like oh, hanging his nipples you know nice Super nice <laughs> nice um, i like it edelgard gets some some dope horns not like actual grown horns. She wears like horns. a crown. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking um, cool. She looks badass. Uh, mm, mm. This is, I think, also my, my this, is, this is my friend told me this. So and he's a much more bigger, much more of a fire emblem buff than I am. The first game where um, a main like royal character was female and axe based. Like oh, often nice. females are very specific. They're either like swords or, or like bows. dancers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is, but she's like meant to be an axe warrior yeah. like by default. You can build her any way you want, but she is intended to be yeah. her default. Um, and uh, she looks badass with an axe. Cool, that's awesome. So yeah, and I mean, look, ultimately, there's some tweaks to the Fire Emblem battle system, but it is still Fire Emblem. It's you do all you you send all your troops out, you you know line them up the right way, you try to get supports together. If you have characters fight next to each other, they build relationship points, um, which unlock story details between those two characters specifically. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is all great. It's all it's all what you expected. So yeah. Fire Emblem Three Houses, everyone already knew it was good. I'm also saying, yeah, it's good. Hey, well, so, thumbs up. Saying, right. hey, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a number six. Um, number five. Mm. Moving on to number five. Oh, boy. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and put Smash Bros. here, which uh, well, I know we're not talking about it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Smash Bros., yeah. So number four. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Oh, I lost my list. Um, I... I know it's at the top, but I guess I probably should have thought about the ordering of these a little bit better beforehand. Yeah, distract, distract them, guys. Distract mode. Well, hey, oh, distract hey, mode. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's not the worst. That's like the that's like the evil podcast. Welcome to my new podcast. This is where you create video game okay. movies. Yes, yeah. in distract mode. Oh, fuck, I love it. So Final Fantasy XII, the was remastered, Gage. and I think it was like we we on our mini show. Someone said you were talking about Outer Worlds. That um, when you go up and talk to somebody, they have like two lines, right? Or when you pass by somebody, they have like two lines of, of a blurb. Yeah. The it's, thing that I was just thinking about as I was playing this game was I feel compelled to talk to every NPC. Yep. And they just have nonsense to say. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do you know you can press the start button? <laughs> Which is like, open the menu. Why are you telling me this? The reason I open on that is because this is an aged RPG. 
Yeah. It was a different take on Final Fantasy, but it still has so many tropes of old RPGs. Despite that, it is an awesome game, and the Switch update does some really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... I, it's, I think we've, I don't know if we said it on here before, but it is very much Star Wars in a Hindu Western yes. fantasy setting. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the world looks great. I think the things that cut, like strike out to me up front are like how good the aesthetic is mm-hmm. when you're walking around on, whether it's on spaceships or in mines or in cities, everything good. is rich and luscious and yeah. kind of over-designed in a way that is, it's over-designed, but the color palette is really muted, mm-hmm. which is a really great combination. It, it's really painterly. It feels yeah. yeah, it feels like a dusty, intricate world. Yeah, uh, and the characters' outfits match that. It's uh, everything Balthier wears. Yes, he he he's got this beautiful like, like intricate leather vest, but then he also has like weird like rainbow color r- rings. Yeah, he's got rings all over bracelets. all over a bunch of different fingers. Oh. He's got a bunch of different. Bra- he's got poofy. Uh, sleeves on his yeah. shirt and a high collar. It's He's just, a sky pilot. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then that's, skinny yeah. leather pants. Because of course. And yeah. let's let's be real. Balthier I mean, is Jim Morrison could wear him. Why mm, can't he? Mm, yeah. Mm. Balthier is by far the star of Final Fantasy XII. Uh, he's the leading man, if you will. Yes. <laughs> Literally says it as he enters the state as the first thing he says. He is. Oh man, he, he's the he's fucking best. he says everything you wish. Like anytime there's a movie or, or a game where you say, just say the thing. Like so, uh, like do you have the information to make the conclusion to say the thing here. Right, Balthier says it every time. He's just, <laughs> he's just if it seems best. reasonable that you should suspect a character of being a traitor or not being a traitor, Balthier is on it. He mm-hmm. says it <laughs> like right when you realize it. All right. And if he doesn't say it, he'll just make an expression. I'm gonna be honest. I know nothing about this game outside yeah. that okay. there's okay. a cool dude flying blind here. Let me back up. Then. Let me back up. I like this Balthier guy he sounds good he sounds there's great. also a sexy <laughs> chewbacca-esque lady i got i got excited Whoa. with with, with yeah. nelson here just, just talking about both here we oh, could so talk about so both weird. all day yeah yeah uh, yeah this game is ultimately you heard, <laughs> you heard me him uh this this game does start off with a pretty traditional setup of this kind of star Wars plot. you have literally an empire uh and they have taken over most of the world you are from a small city that has been kind of occupied uh, you being starting off as Van, although you don't have to play with him all the time, which is great because he's probably the worst character in the game. Yeah. Wow. He's not even terrible. He's just the worst of a group. He's Anakin in yeah. the first prequel. He's okay. Yeah. He's he's a little bit of Aladdin. A, a, a literal a child. Of, he's a little bit. Of, yeah, yeah. He's like a th- yeah. So he's he's Aladdin if you combine Aladdin with Anakin. Yeah. It's like he's super naive, but also. What does he think about sand? Uh, actually, I think he might like it. Yeah, it's hard to say. He's he likes sand. Weird. He, he <laughs> likes home. Yeah, it's coarse and it gets everywhere, and he wants it everywhere. Mm-hmm. He uh, wears a vest that barely covers his nipples. Of course, uh, just his nipples. Like I'm, it covers everything else. I don't but, know what to like, tell you. I think what you're referring to are pasties, though. <laughs> it's not a pasty. Ultimately, the though, this mm-hmm. game is about a series of coincidences that lead you smashing into characters who are much more tied to the events. You start off as a street rat, but. You are also related to um, a prince who was murdered, yeah. and he was murdered by a character who ends up in your party who actually didn't murder him, and you also bump into the queen, you went to Balthier, who was a sky pirate, and he has ties and stuff, and all these coincidences are stacking up, but they stack up in a way that's just like so good. Mm-hmm. The, I, it's it's the, the story progression of this game is so nice, and the thing that it does that Star Wars doesn't do is that the Empire is a much more rich kind of contextualized thing where yeah. the people of the empire you get to spend time with them the, the, the literal leaders of it and they have depth they have they have you right. know like it's not just bad guys are bad right, right. yeah um and there's like a 
obvious hierarchy where there's like there's uh oh, I forget, like a magister judges and, then and magisters and yeah and judges yeah. magisters and then i think there's like one thing above all of them but mm-hmm. even like rabbinaster which is the starting city gets somebody from the empire to come to rabbinaster to be like okay this is your post and like that becomes a whole interesting plot point. so they yeah. like mm. built out the hierarchy and yeah yeah. Wait, is it very because you only listed like judicial officials? Is it a very like law and order type? Well, no. Empire? Like, when we say judge, judges are not like judges oh, are more I know, like I know the Final Fantasy yeah. judge. Well, they're yeah. more they're more like Judge Dread. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, yes. They're, they're, <laughs> they are they are the law. Uh, yeah. And okay. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. fantastic. Judge Dread had steampunk airships. <laughs> That's Final Fantasy but, twelve. But cool as shit. Do they look like the judges in like Final Fantasy Tactics? Like the very like Garland looking motherfuckers? Yeah, they got like big fancy yes. metal yeah. helmets so and stuff. Yeah. On that note, it takes place in Evil East. It is in the same it's just the FF Tactics. Yeah, world. it's the same world, realm, whatever. It's just not in the same areas. Interesting. 100%. I'm gonna at risk of being real embarrassing is it evil east i'm gonna say it's evil east okay. i don't think it's evil how would you pronounce I it alex said <laughs> you have lice i have a lice just one one lice what uh, lice coming up what mouse uh, t- yes. i don't technically uh, it's louse thank yeah. you it's a fantasy word that's never spoken out loud only like in so that's what are you I, talking about it goes i don't that's how you say it i don't think i've heard them say it in this game yet but they do have that's voice fair. acting in this game and wow, we, I, I, I want to say this, uh, oftentimes uh, games that are not made originally for English have bad voice actors for English. I think like the worst example to me was like Metroid Prime 3. Sure. The voice sure. acting oh. was just atrocious. I just or think, uh, Other M or. Not Heavy Rain. Uh, I didn't hate Heavy oh, Rain's voice yeah. acting. Um, it was like the children are bad because but, of course. The voice acting in this is so good. It's really like, fucking good. Uh, characters I don't like have good voices. Characters I love have good voices. Hmm. Um, and is that the case in the original version too, or is that I don't for know. the remake? Yeah, the, the, no, the, it's the same voices. Yeah, yeah. The differences in this are mostly tweaks. There's mm-hmm. a for one thing, there's a fast forward button which a Thank lot of God. cool RPGs have. Yeah, you can run fast through cities. You can go through grindy battles really fast, like um, an auto battle. Not auto battle, just fast forward. The music stays the same sound. Sound effects have the same like speed, tempo, mm-hmm. but you, can actually you move. Change. Everything Good. animates faster yeah. and all systems run faster. You have to hold it down? No, no. you just toggle oh, okay. on and off. It, yeah, it's like L, LB, basically. It's, it's just like it fast forwards it the whole is, thing. Does it, have a, does, it have a, does it have a slow down version? No, no, that would be cool, okay. but it does not. Also, you, you don't want it in this <laughs> game, trust me. You ever, you ever listen to a podcast at half speed? Yeah, it's awful. It's just listen to like how drunk everyone sounds. So... I'm not gonna, I don't I don't want to step on your thing um on on your time. Go ahead. The slow down is go through the menu to do an attack. Oh, does it get laggy? No, 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 no. It oh, just oh. it is you, so, you so take a breath. And there there's a way that they 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 deal with this, but you do so combat isn't turn-based. You are all kind of sitting there. You can issue commands. I think I compare it to Dragon Age a lot cuz I think yeah. It feels like it feels like Dragon Age to me. One. Origins Dragon, Dragon Age Origins. Well, like, yeah, I, I've played. Yeah, well, two, yeah, is, yeah. two is more actiony, right? You, you can still pause on each of them, and yeah. but but anyways, it, it is this kind of like you can press a, you can press a button to pause the game, bring up tactical menu, say do this, do Select this, do stuff, this. Yeah, um, I like it. It is relaxing to me. Mm-hmm. It is it is relaxing to me, especially when I can be like. I've automated most things that mm-hmm. I need to do, mm-hmm. but I get to make choices when they matter. And the way they're automated is by system we've talked about before. 
It's the one of the coolest things in the game. It's the gambit system. Yeah. As you play, you can buy basically bullions for your characters. It's the fu- it's yes. so fun. Yes. Ally yeah, has X percent of health. Yes. If enemy has X percent yeah. health. If ally has is closer. Poison, if, yeah. If someone's down. If an enemy is buffing. If an enemy is doing this spell. You you buy these things and then you attribute actions to them and then you attribute a hierarchy mm-hmm. to them. So things like when when an enemy when an ally gets poisoned, I don't have to go through the menu and hit get the poison cure. Right. Right. An ally just does it, mm-hmm. and uh, you can kind of do it for situations. I have a pretty good like baseline of what I wanted, um, and I tweak it only for like certain fights when like I go into boss fight get get crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is so much fun to dig into, and I think it appeals to the like it's it's not like heavy coding or anything mm-hmm. but it, it does appeal to that just like logical like sure yeah, yeah. Put like, together said, a little it's like, like a zectronics game yeah like, the same mm-hmm. reason people uh, like x-punks or yeah and it works so well with this battle system because now that you've got this ultimate process you go into battle and most battles you can just watch they're yeah. doing a thing that you've set up but you're watching it and then if a battle is difficult you're making the most important choices the rest of the choices are automated um, and so you don't have to just press attack over and over again when a turn comes up to attack. Right. Um, and it works really well. It, it's really great. Um, it's, you know, it's an older game, so it's not like the best looking combat of all time, it, mm-hmm. but, but for, for what it is, like it's such a beautiful environment and the enemies are really well designed because that's one thing Final Fantasy always gets right is great enemy design. Um, it's fucking gorgeous. It's beautiful. Like, even at. the like the cockatrices or whatever that you mm-hmm. have to fight are are super well done. The like generic wolves and stuff that you fight are just like they're so distinct that it's like oh that is a Final Fantasy twelve version of X. So cool. what does this remake remaster do? So the biggest difference, and I, and I don't know all of the differences, but the one that is the most important is that it changed up the 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 classes they they are there's new classes first of all and mm. I don't know which ones are new because I didn't play the original it was my first time playing it but they've added okay, more classes okay I, I I always confused on that I didn't know if you were like a big twelve fan from before this is my first time through okay uh, got I, it. but got I it. but I did look at you know like I can I can imagine now knowing what what's lacking what was lacking mm-hmm. uh, some in some cases or in the original game you couldn't change a thing once you like dedicated a class and you couldn't possibly see all the classes on a single playthrough and then so so you're kind of missing out on content but also you don't get to like explore uh explore what these different builds could do Mm -hmm. and this now you can kind of remap characters but also you eventually get a second class for them as well so you get this kind of combination feature of like i can have my time battle mage but i'm also going to make him a machinist and he's going to be able to shoot guns or i can combine my red mage with like a a ninja fighter Mm -hmm. i can't remember what all the names of classes are but yeah ninjas like their rogue yeah, or you, a ninja or a thief is like. The um, there's 12 classes though. Well, and if you based play on Final the, Fantasy One, mm. thief, thief against upgrading to it. They ninja. get a yeah. pretty cool system where you you have this big map. It's kind of like Path of Exile. You've got these nodes. The license board. You're, if you you're the license board. Yeah. yeah, and the license board. It's kind of cheesy, like flavor wise. You are literally licensed to wear equipment and things mm. like that. I love but the license board. Flavor. <laughs> also licenses you for magics. So like level yeah. one black magic, level two black magic. Uh, it. The the and I, I love the the uh, this this is Final Fantasy nostalgia for me the division of magics mm-hmm. black and mm-hmm. white red and white yeah, and, and red, green yeah. and this one is a this that's is right one. yeah the the way it's mixed up on the license board is really fun because some character classes have multiple access to multiple types of magic and the way you kind of note around to get different magics it's just it's just it's just like fun customization and you don't often get customization in Final Fantasy to this extent. Um, but yeah, you you go through and you can get licensed to you know for for different 
equipment, abilities, bonuses, special moves, and the thing you couldn't do before was undo that. That that was stuck with you, and if you kind of did it badly or uh, if you went, went down a path and you just don't like that character's build, mm-hmm. stuck with it, um, you, can re- you can undo that here and rebuild a character out. And I think for this particular game, often I say I like choices to be final, but in this game, it makes sense because you're only going to play it once through. Yeah. And job switching is a classic thing in Final Fantasy. Yeah. You should be able to switch jobs. And you can do it here. And I like that. Can I jump in on, on, on one of the differences between the original and this one? Shoot. Um, not only could you not undo certain not undo your choices, but it was you are a character on this license. I think it was like a shared license board with everybody. And so if your character on this massive license board starts as a thief, you can go wherever the fuck you want. Okay. Mm. So it got to a point where at when you get into in game, it's like, oh well, I made my character a thief and a ninja and a battle mage and this, but never it's never any good at yeah, jack one of all th- trades. Yeah, it was a jack of all trades, master of none. So you could make your character really, really T shaped, and it's like, all right, well, you're good at this, but you're also good at this, and you're also good at this, and it would devalue the the leveling that you did for your character because your attacks wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get the things that you need at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So this is, it does that thing where it's like, all right, pick one of the 12 Zodiacs. You're a battle mage or you're a thief or you're a machinist. And it only shows you the pieces of the license board for that. So you don't go off in the wrong direction and then, and then un lock yourself off from progress that you will need later on in the game. But to clarify, can you, or can you not respec? You can yeah, respec. You can okay. Respect. So at any so at any point you can go to like there's clans for hunting. So you can go back to your clan house and say like, hey, I want you to reset my board, and they'll just do that for whichever character you want. And then you say, all right, this character that was a thief and a machinist now they're a red battle mage, and they're also an archer. Got it. And then you can just take all the license points that you've built up from there, and then just completely redo reassign it. them. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, it's and I think. It's weird because this is kind of like this is my first time playing it, but Final Fantasy has, has struggled, I think, in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy fourteen, obviously, they managed to like rebrand that and make it great mm-hmm. again, make Final Fantasy great again. But Oof. Uh, oh boy, it's a weird acronym. Thirteen was pretty rough. Fifteen, I tried so hard to like. There's elements that I love, but Mifka. really, really, just it didn't work for me. Fifteen yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and this game, like. Man, it, it has the nostalgia factor. It doesn't quite have traditional Final Fantasy music, but the music mm-hmm. is still really good. It's really fucking good. Um, and I, I think it's it's weird because this isn't a game that I would necessarily recommend if you like Final Fantasy. It is just a good game. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of Final no Fantasy, caveat. I think a lot of Final Fantasy fans hated this one because of like the aesthetic change, because the, of the the, the battle system, system change, yeah. was just a lot of people fucking it was, hated it. It was 10 and then the MMO and then this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was and like... And this borrowed the combat system from the MMO. Yeah, and right. And people were like, oh, why are you doing this? This isn't a real Final Fantasy. It was the same as Devil May Cry. It's like, this isn't a real Final Fantasy or mm. whatever. Uh, and I mean, ultimately now, obviously, they've gone off in a completely different direction. Yeah. I'm very I'm very excited about 7. Uh, like the, the yeah, I'm, yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty i'm pretty interested they yeah. the, the it look it reminds me a bit of this mm-hmm. where uh, they have a actiony side but then you can get into the pause tactics and do that yeah. thing and it, it, obviously they've made it much more nuanced and well much more uh 
timed in seven like you 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 go to the action menu when you need to do something very specific mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i i don't know if they're going to do anything like gambits in seven probably not it's probably just that it would be really could, cool if you set like barrett to do x y and z right yeah um but yeah I, I this is this is great and i mean it's on switch and yeah. switch is the only version that has some of the features that this has like the re- reclassing it's also mm. on P- pc but that was before they kind of added in some, added extra, some extra things, things yeah so in PC, repatch it into the PC version? I don't version? know if they did. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because it's on PC and PS4, to... and I don't think it has The, the superior things. version of this game is on Switch now, yeah. though. Wow, okay, Square. Um, Hell yeah. I, Console I, parody? <laughs> I guess not. Um, game's so good. Yeah. Cool. Up next. Up next. Four, we're moving. We're moving. Into virtual reality space. For, for VR. This, uh, this game surprised me i because i it was i wasn't a game i was planning to get somebody bought it for me and i because they they were just like this is one of the best VR games i've had you're gonna have it too and holy crap duck season uh duck season i i think this is possibly the best pitch for a game you gave all year yeah um, when we talked about it and to, to briefly repitch it this is a game where you are a kid in the kind of 90s ish time early 90s mm-hmm. back in you, the 90s you're 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 sitting in the living room one day with your with your video game console when all of a sudden mom comes home and she's she went to the video store to get some VHSs but she also picked up a rental of a game called Duck Season Ooh. and uh, you're gonna pop that in and you're gonna you're gonna you know pick up your zapper and you're gonna shoot at the screen um, and uh, that's the basic premise you're 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 in a house and you've got all these like you know 90s nostalgia factors there's there's VHSs and games spread across the floor. Um, the house looks like a house from the '90s. You got like one of those twenty-five cent machine, like yeah. sticky hand whip things stuck mm-hmm. on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And oh, ultimately, the game will k- take course over. Um, it, like it does time jumps in between every session you play of Duck Season, and then going back to the house. And the house changes and reveals small details. You have like magazines you can pick up and get some contextual details. Uh, mm. Why are mom and dad fighting and things like that? And <laughs> Um, you look at the photos on the wall and they, they kind of reveal things and, uh, you're, you're, you're hearing mom in the background and she's like going through bills and doing all this stuff. And meanwhile, you, know, you, keep jumping, stuff. you keep jumping into this game. And for like the first like hour of the game, you just jump in and it does, instead of being the kid shooting like the VR, you are moved into the character perspective in the TV, in the VR game. Yeah. So you're a character who's shooting at the birds like in first person view in the Super Nintendo game or the NES game, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you turn around, you see the like screen of the TV and the inner workings of the TV and you see the kid controlling you from the other side. Um, then you turn back around and you're shooting at ducks. There's a dog that pops up and he's, you know, mocking you when you miss or whatever, just like you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, as as you uh, play, you know you're doing little mini games with ducks, and you know you got pump action VR stuff. Very satisfying to like, you know, you've got both your hands, and you're like cocking them like you would mm-hmm. a shotgun, mm-hmm. and you have to like aim it with one hand. Oh, cool. Controller up on and the then, trigger, and then yeah, the like, other one, one on the barrel, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you have to reload, and like by like moving your like you hold the gun with one hand, and then you like mm-hmm. grab bullets and slide oh, cool. them into the yeah. chamber. You um, have to like hit the barrel. Like you do with guns, like hit it to like un- to cock it open to reveal. It the- has uh, it has like a like a like a sliding slot, so you're not like you're not like it's not like a, a sawed off. It's or like a I don't know. It's it's not that kind. It's, it's a different like a kind of gun. I don't have gun terms. Like, it, well, it's not it's not a double barreled like traditional like hunting yeah, shotgun. It is a one where you slide it into right, the side. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. five bolt five shells yeah. or so rounds. Yeah. But uh, it's got a, a, a tactical. It's but these shotgun. you know little like VR like you know just like gets you gets you really into the, mm. the setup and. 
it's been a while since I've played, so the order of things that happen um, are hard for me to remember. But like big turning points in the game, um, I, I think maybe the biggest turning point. Your you, throughout the game, you can play like VHS and stuff. You can put them in, and it's just like these guys have recorded videos. It's Corridor crew did some of the mm. videos with them, so they just have like That's a bunch cool. of like '90s style cheesy, yeah. cheesy movies, cheesy mm. like news recordings, whatever. At some point, you come back, and a tape gets popped in, and it's like staticed out for a second, and you know, mom's just in the background or whatever. Uh, she walks away. You turn back to the TV, and it's a video of you on the TV sitting there with the controller in your hand, and you look around. And then you turn to the window and the dog is holding a, this giant like dog from the game is holding a camera <sighs> and he's recording you from the outside the glass, but then he sidesteps away mm-hmm. and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the, the, the game will start saying things like I'm waiting for you on the screen and you have to keep on going in there and confronting this dog. Um, and it gets more and more horrifying the way it implements things. At one point you turn around in the game and you look at the kid and the dog is behind the couch yeah. staring at the kid. Yeah. And it's like, and the dog is, Kind of terrifying looking. Yeah, he's 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 what you expect out of like a yeah a man in a dog suit. Um, uh, Very seems very inspired by like um, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes, it's like Five Nights if you certainly mashed it with Duck Hunt. Aesthetically, not the most creative thing in the world to go with that, but those things are but it horrifying. It's effective. effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why you need to go through your Chuck E. Cheese de-identification process, right? You familiar with this? No. There's a there's a user manual for operating a Chuck E. Cheese location franchise. I hate it. So, and there's a de-identification process for the actual like animatronics, and you have to it. physically destroy the animatronics if like you're shutting down your location. Like you're not allowed to like dispose of the animatronics with them still intact because someone might use them and you know tarnish the the famous Charles Entertainment Cheese brand. I hate it. Or they might come to life and terrorize yeah, more security. It's a more legitimate problem. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, So eventually you come out of the game, and I think we're going full spoilers here. Yep. I'll spoil yeah. this one. We've already gone as far full as Full spoilers did. ahead. You come out of the game, and the house is very dark. You pick up a flashlight, or the kitchen light flicks on. There's mom. She's got a knife in her back. She's dead. Um, and then you, 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 know, you, you hear noises scraping around the house, and... Uh, You've got like some things around you on the ground. You can pick up like either a baseball bat or like just very stuff. But at this point in the game, the dog can come from anywhere. Um, oh, actually, I, I'm I'm so slightly wrong. There's a, st- a step before this. You go in to fight the dog inside the game, and it converts all this duck action you've done, all these like ducks coming at you, ducks coming at the TV. You've got to use them to fight the dog in like a giant video game form. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the true ending is when you come out and and you have to face him in your house. Um, ultimately you can lose the dog and get a and sad ending where, you know, whatever you're, you're murdered. The dog goes on to kill other kids. Um, or, and I've only gotten one ending, uh, without, with, with killing the dog so far. I know there's others, but I don't know how to get them. They're wild. If you kill the dog, your mom's dead and the police are coming. You, you like the ending is, and it's presented in this like diorama, like cardboard cutouts of the character's way where the kid like grabs his gun and he just like runs away mm-hmm. and, and he like goes and hides somewhere and that's the ending of the game. And there's so many details. Like I mentioned before, there's stuff about like mom and dad fighting and like, you know, weird, like suggestive stuff. And I'm sure Matt Pat's done a video on it or something. <laughs> but um, I, 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 I... Seems right up that guy's alley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I am curious, you know, like there's, they ha- certainly have like contextual details out there to like glean. Um, and I think 
the, the first time playing it through, you feel like you're playing with a kid who doesn't fully understand what's going on with his mom. You know, like she's she's nice to you and things like that, but there's definitely problems going on in the family. Where's the dad? So on and so forth. And it you feel like you're playing from a kind of kid's perspective of innocence, and the innocence is slowly being stripped away as the horror creeps into the game. Which is kind of like a classic kind of horror storytelling thing right like yeah. like like the horror itself is a metaphor for something growing yeah, up growing it's up, a metaphor yeah. for loss it's a metaphor for um and so yeah I, I all i all i can really say is that you know I, I think it wasn't necessarily solely the story that, that made it so good but the presentation of it the like the kind of slow reveal of horror which certainly you can see coming early on but it the way it re- manifests itself is really yeah. fun it's really playful how long is the arc like the full game like i think i played it in like two hours maybe yeah. maybe it was oh, an dang. hour that's what i did all right. um I, I spent a lot of time just looking around and poking things mm-hmm. uh you know like just trying to look, put in vhs's st- stuff on the ground and i'm sure some of it some of the other endings are like play the right vhs and things like that um there's one vhs that i regret not playing because there's a, there's something about a dog in this game oh it's now it's, it's a little farther away from me but there's one VHS that says not all dogs go to heaven and it's got like a blood blood stain on it. Ooh. And I think it was during a scene where like I expected something bad to happen. So I didn't play it. Yeah. Um, and I regret not doing that because I feel like that's something important. Yeah. That would have been but, like a trigger for yeah. like a different ending. But it's hard to say what, what uh, what's out there. Can I tell you all of the endings? Would you like to know? Or I do don't you want to know? Them. Okay. I guess I've already spoiled it for whoever's no, listening. But no, you spoiled yeah. one <laughs> of like eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. And they are very different. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. I want to hear them. They're really no. You guys can talk after this. Okay. Fine. Okay. I, fine. This, is, on the line this is this is the one that's like if you are really super into this game, just play. It'll only take you like an hour to get to it. There are some fucking rad endings in this. Nice. So so your yeah. ending. The kid hides in the house. He runs away. Oh, he runs. Okay. Because yeah. he doesn't want to be framed for murder. <laughs> and he, kill, he killed the dog. Yes. That is the canon ending. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How do you kill the dog? So there's a couple different ways. You can find out. You can realize that you're, the gun, the super, the zapper. Yeah, the zapper. It's like glowing and you can like pick it up and shoot the dog with that. You can grab a katana off of like a rack on the wall and what? kill the dog that way. What it's the 90s. Nice. It's the 90s. It's the 90s. Yeah, it's just you know, some like $50 <laughs> so katana. Big, big Pulp Fiction fans in this house. Yeah. Have a yeah. katana. Yeah. You can use the baseball bat. Um, there's a toy that shoots a little missile, and I, I really want to know if you can That'd use that rad. to kill the dog. That'd I would, be great. Yeah, I'm watching a video of that one. I was like, ooh, I bet that could like hit some switches or something right. and do something but fun. But does the dog like rush you? Like The what? dog will... Sorry, God. It, he doesn't rush super fast, but he can appear from anywhere, and your field of view is like... like He can appear from left, back there, right next to you. If, he, if you don't see him come in... Those moments can be crucial because he soaks up a few hits before you can knock him down. Mm-hmm. Depending on if you're playing hard or easy, um, I guess. But um, uh, I, I watched after I played it. I watched some videos of people playing it, and a lot of people died to it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, and it's it's also up. it's like it's you, you get the shaky hand syndrome in horror games sometimes. Sure. Where like yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. Ooh. and it's not easy to aim all the time mm-hmm. when you when you're like. Uh, so yeah. Uh, fantastic game fantastic vr experience yeah all right it's fucked up because the way he kills you is he walks towards you and then like will stab you with a knife but it's always in your vision it's in the middle of your field of view so it's just like boom knife and you can see it sticking out and then and then it the good the screen goes red yeah it's pretty it's pretty horrific yeah (laughs) i watched a lot of these endings they're all really fucking cool nice jeez uh Anyways, cool. love that game. Yeah, yeah. VR. Uh, I hope those that team makes more VR games. Yeah. Uh, 
And I think next up, number two slot here is Vermintide, Warhammer, uh, Vermintide, mm-hmm. The End Times, mm-hmm. Vermintide 2, The End Times, Vermintide is that 2. What, is it called Vermintide it, XX? They, they dropped a number of the things. It's not The End Times anymore. It is uh, Vermintide. It's just Vermintide 2, right? Vermintide 2. Well, it is Warhammer Vermintide Yeah, too. Warhammer colon Vermintide 2. It's no longer Vermintide The End Times. Anyway, Vermintime, the best of times. Vermintime, the worst of times. I think a good starting point to describe this game was Left 4 Dead. It's yeah. your team-based thing. You're going through a map. Uh, you're trying not to die. And you're fighting. Uh, instead of zombies, you're fighting uh, crazy rats. Vikings and crazy Warhammer rats. characters. Warhammer characters. Yeah. Um, instead of being Warhammer as gun-focused, you do have guns, but the ammunition is much more limited. And you're meleeing people. I've put, I think, over 200 hours into this game now uh and it's just it, it is it is just dumb fun ultimately mm-hmm. like it's you get in there to do some hack and slash and you you get really good satisfying crunch when you've got like uh, w- when you fight enemies it is like literally a horde of potentially a hundred enemies charging on screen and you swing your great sword and you like cleave through them it feels like a good crunch that's cool uh and there's literally a stat like like your your power determines potentially like how many people you can kind of go through in a single swing um and so it's all based on this kind of horde <laughs> it's hack and slash that is horde management you're trying to like you know m- make sure none of your allies get overrun there's special enemies that can kind of lock you down one of them like grabs you on a pole and hangs you and your allies have to free if you get hung that one that was always a cool encounter yeah. when you got like mm. disabled by that enemy and then and somebody has someone to has to swing in yeah because when we did what was the uh the level that ends in like the big cathedral kind of thing and there's oh, like the antechamber yeah. is that what that is yeah. and like the gate opens and there's a stairwell mm-hmm. that goes down and like that's how you escape um that that environment was just so cool because just like a big you know antechamber circular and the, the 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 what are the rat called the uh, skaven skaven the skaven are just running in from every direction and then you just you're, you're holding them off and then someone might get like split away from the group because they like wander over a little bit to take care of like an encroaching corner over right. there and then they get captured by one of the guys with the whip and so he's being like held down and then you go and disable that guy mm-hmm. there's a good i never played a lot of left for dead yeah um but playing this with with a group of friends is is really good yes and i mean that's definitely vital like- one would say What's that? Vital <laughs> to enjoying the game. It, I, well, it's I've definitely played with randos, and it is it is definitely like you could have randos that are just like, oh, these are frustrating guys sometimes. But it is also a game where when you have randos that work well, it's like, oh man, it's nice to have. It's nice to have a team. Yeah, uh, but I just, yeah, I just I, but when it doesn't work, that's it just frustrates me. Ideal play is to go in with people and. Um, and it, and it is like like because of things like that that the guy who picks you up and hangs you or the assassin that just like tackles you on the spot and locks you down you voice communication like you know verbal like hey we gotta deal with this thing is really really important uh, and like managing resources you've got limited healing throughout the level and things like that um, it's a really good action game it's it's got fun like dialogue and humor from the characters they just comment on scenarios they comment on how well the other characters are killing things they comment like if you drink a potion but you're almost at full health they'll make fun of you for wasting potions um that's cool it's That's a nice touch it's good it's good writing and it's weirdly it's from the the warhammer universe that no longer exists right because they they've moved on to the age of sigmar and the miniatures and this is like the end times is the kind of the the world is going to be destroyed by chaos and so there's this Ultimately, none of this will matter, right? Because it's all going to get destroyed. But 
Um, the ultimate goal, of course, is to make it, survive through these levels, get to the end, uh, get loot. And loot gives you new weapons and you have different weapon choices. I think this, this is one of the places where the game does keep the most replay value. The loot itself isn't great. The different weapon types uh, let you kind of figure out how you like to play a character. Right. Mm-hmm. And then as you level up the character, you get... Um, Basically, every five levels, you get a choice of one of three passive bonuses, mm. and you can kind of mix and match them to kind of come up with the builds. And you can change them at any time, but you can get things like, you know, improve my critical chance, improve my ability to stagger enemies. When I use my special move, revive allies who are like temporarily knocked down. Yeah. Um, and you you can kind of uh, form your own, you know, little play style with the characters and uh, choose your favorite weapon. And that, like, every, every character, and I guess I'll just keep on explain the details there's five characters you can play each of whom has three different class variants oh, each nice. of each and each of those class variants has different level up bonuses yeah. and different base bonuses um so i've got a bounty hunter who his main thing is that when he shoots his crossbow if he crits he gets ammo refunded for each enemy he hits and ammo is very scarce in this game but on this guy as long as i'm critical hitting and hitting lots of enemies with my piercing bolts i basically have infinite ammo and so my job is just to like go for like precious targets, like elite enemies and things like that. Um, and uh, that's like a really fun, like you get to find your your special little like niche role in the team. Uh, there's obviously like it's a tank kind of character, and there's stealth characters and stuff like that. But um, uh, I also want to talk about the art direction because I really like the aesthetic of the world. Yeah, because like uh, it's like a gothic horror fantasy kind of thing. Like I the the field level. Um, where you're just like running across like the rolling hills and plains mm-hmm. and then you just come across like a farmstead and it's just like a single house with like a barn and maybe like a grain silo or like a windmill or something. Yeah. And it's just, it has this like nice kind of like looming terror aesthetic right. because like, you know, at any moment, like you're going to look out across like the, the wheat fields and just, there's just going to be raven just like coming coming is that what they're calling the skaven yeah. skaven sorry you see skaven just like kind of like breaking through the fields and like just coming at you like all right well here's where we'll make our stand and then you like you 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 end the onslaught and then you just progress a little bit more and it just it does a really good job with those environments and the the hordes coming are randomized like it is there there is there is kind of on a timer is, but is there an ai director right yeah so but any any particular place of the map can be the scene of a fight right like yeah you're not necessarily you never know when it's going to be like oh we're on this bridge and now uh, we're we're surrounded on both sides by so get hordes. ready now that you hit the bridge it's well, always like yeah a, it's like you can't plan for yeah, it yeah, no that's cool that's and it doesn't cool. become rote um, and there's some other choices as well. At any given time, you uh, throughout the level you can you can find tomes in the, in the level. If you pick up a tome, you can carry it. And if you get it to the end, you uh, you some get extra loot or something. Right? You get extra loot, yeah. but tomes take up your potion slot. Yeah. And then there's grimoires. You can pick those up. Those t- take over your well. It's another potion, but it's like a buff potion. It's potions that make your specials recharge faster, or give you extra speed or attack damage. Grimoires also reduce your maximum health for the entire party. So you pick up these and you get loot bonuses, but the cost is: Do we think we can get to the end, survive with this to- with this grimoire or not? Um, really good, like way of naturally ramping up the difficulty. If you're if you're doing a terrible run, you can choose not to do it. But um, oftentimes people are like, "No, we have to go for them. We have to go for the extra loot." Yeah, yeah. like Joe. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, that's just the fun I mean, part. It was. It was like because some of them are pretty well hidden. Like so, we were in that one, uh, the the the. The level that was like in the fortress of the castle or whatever, and there's that one room that's like a 
a cellar or a winery or something and mm-hmm. it's, it's just like a bunch of like shelves that so you zigzag through this this level but like you have to platform in a certain way like yeah. on top of the shelving to get to the, the little grimoire. jump puzzle yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and it's uh it's it's, it's good they, they they there's after a while you know where those are so the finding them part isn't as much as it is just like Kind of like the okay, how are we gonna like you know if a horde comes and someone's off yeah. going doing the jump puzzle? That's yeah. always exciting. Still, even yeah, we if you got know like an assassin jumped us at right. some point during that. I think. Yeah, um, they do. They have since then. They've added some expansions and some extra modes. My favorite so far, they had a mode where uh, levels. It takes any level you play any random level, but there's no lights anymore, no ambient light. Everything's pitch black. Mm. But they drop a torch for you at the start of the level. And so one player has to sacrifice their weapon, yeah, the torch hold bearer. a torch, oh, and, cool. and you have to stay near them because if you get in the dark and get lost, you're just boned. Like yeah. you can you can you can get fall down a hole and then not be able to like climb back up. Mm-hmm. And it's so good because it forces so much more communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is definitely like you really gotta have a player party for this. Yeah. But man, oh man, is it good to like and, and also visually, just you know, going through with a torch in this crazy settings that you've played through before, but now they're completely dark. Mm-hmm. It adds just so much replay value. Um, I love it. They've done some other modes too, where like there's beer scattered throughout, and you have to maintain a level of drunkenness throughout the throughout the uh, game. And that, does the drunkenness have an effect? Yeah, like your okay. vision gets really hazy, your swings are sluggish, and that's really cool. It's really cool. They've done a couple different modes. Um, they were gonna try to, I think, make a bunch, but they slowed down on that to focus on their new expansion, mm-hmm. which they just released, which is the Minotaur's Wild Magic expansion. I can't remember Winds of Magic. Mm. Um, that added Beastmen, uh, and so we've got. I think mostly what this new expansion was for me it was just more enemies in the main levels. You have archers now, like range enemies that are just like regular range enemies, mm-hmm. and you have enemies that charge you with the Minotaurs. That's all good. They did add an entire new mode that I haven't played much of called the weaves, which basically starts your progression over, but you can go through and build a different, it's got like different kinds of level up stuff in there. Yeah. And I know there's unlockables and stuff in that. I haven't touched it much. It is probably the main drive of this other expansion, Mm -hmm. but for me, I'm, I'm still like just about the kind of the main gameplay. Anyways, Vermintide 2, if you like Left 4 Dead, this is, this is definitely, it's just good. It's just good, violent fun. If you like Left 4 Dead with melee, yeah, it's uh, yeah. melee's real good. You all should play Killing Floor too. I love some Killing Floor. I do love uh, some Killing Floor. Uh, I need yeah. to try that one. Yeah, it's been on my wish list for way too long. I, I like games that have this kind of structure of uh, certainly roguelikes have like go in and, and you know be done, but mm-hmm. games that have you're making you're doing a run like yeah it's, yeah it's like in a, you know there's something very satisfying about being able to do one and being able to complete it. Like if you press for time on a night, you can be like, well, I know I can get a complete arc mm-hmm. of a thing mm-hmm. pass or fail i can go in and do a run before i go to sleep or whatever vermintide 2 or yeah killing floor or uh, you know so vermintide 2 really rad but by far my favorite game of the year builds up yeah it's, it's oh my gosh i can't believe you love more real so much it's incredible control this this uh, this is a studio that I've, I've loved for a long time. I, I didn't know that they were like still making games, to be honest, for a while. It kind of surprised me that, that, I, that they made two of these games. Um, Larian Studios, they're mer- working on Baldur's Gate 3 coming up soon. They made Divine Divinity way back in my past, my ancient times, mm-hmm. when I was a little PC gamer boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love me some Divine Divinity. 
they've made some bad sequels over the years. <laughs> and then they made a good sequel that was received okay. And then mm-hmm. they made a really great sequel to that sequel that was received brilliantly. And that is Divinity Original Sin 2. Yes. Um, and I've been playing this game in a unique way. This is a epic fantasy RPG, computer RPG. You've got, yes. you've got a party, you level up, you you know, you get all these different characters and sp- abilities and stuff, a, and you meet a characters. CRPG of like, you know, of a D&D adaptation, yes. like Neverwinter Nights, like Baldur's mm-hmm. Gate, but like Icewind Dale. I've been playing this game strictly multiplayer. Which is awesome. It, and it's so much fun. It, 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 like, we have a party that's been meeting fairly regularly every week, and mm-hmm. we've, we've gone through 80 plus hours. We are getting close-ish to the end. It was. I, I, I'm surprised that we like managed to stick with it. Yeah. One of my parties kind of fell off, but that's because friend's computer died. So oh, sad. Man. But uh, we I, for a while I was doing two different campaigns of this. Um, but it is kind of the commitment of a D and D campaign. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. you get is like you all come together and like the night starts and you're like, okay, what are we up to? What are our quests? Let's go explore the map a little bit. People go off into their own things and they're like, guys, I just found a dungeon. Let's go in here and wreck some shit. And then you get into combat and it's turn based. And it's it got it just nails that D and D feel where people have special abilities and they matter the way they affect the battlefield matters. If you cast a big fireball spell, it leaves fire all over the battlefield. Mm-hmm. If I make it rain and then someone casts an electricity spell, now the floor that I've just covered with water is also an electric you know field covered with water. Um, it, and everyone's roles in combat are very defined by how they build their character. And there's a lot of room for how you build your character. You can combine different magics. You can you can be you know your water lightning person. You can be yeah. summoning and fire. You can be a warrior scoundrel. You can be a warrior necromancer. You yeah, can do a ton of different cool. stuff and come up with combinations. And then it doesn't. It's not necessarily like traditional roles like tank, healer, that kind of thing. It's here's what I can contribute to combat. How does this work well with everyone else in my party? Mm-hmm. And the joy of doing that with other people where they will often make mistakes, but sometimes when you get like, you know, good, like when you, when you find your rhythm together, it's just so satisfying to get into combat and like make things happen. I can like my character in this one game has the ability to nether swap. I can swap an enemy and an ally or an ally and an ally. Oh, so damn. I can move them around the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, and just being able to reposition dudes and be like, all right, now go do your thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do do teammates have a time limit on how long their turn can be? No, that's it's action. You point have to based. trust. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, time uh, yes. oh, time limit. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the, they could sit there and leave it on their turn forever. Mm-hmm. You can kick him from the game, I guess. But um, <laughs> uh, so some turns may take longer than others if people are indecisive, and there's certainly the social aspect of it of where. Sometimes you can, it's like that board game thing where you tell people what to do on their turn. And you're like, "Oh, you could do this," and they're like, "Just let me decide." And we've mm-hmm. certainly had lots of fights. Have you? That's a part. Again, of it sounds like D and D. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like something yeah. Nick would r- respond very strongly to. I, so I think actually, uh, Nick, my brother, has somehow been often the quieter voice of the group. Um, our other two players, who are who we most often get into bumps with, about like. One of them has played it before, and he's he's like, "Oh, we should do it, do this," or and fights. You know, sometimes it does it is it does get very hard to make decisions because the optimal play is not always obvious, and it's very easy to be like, "Oh man, you should do this," just pass like without even like, and that and certainly after playing for like eighty plus hours, it's like, you know, like there there is both like camaraderie and flow. tension. Yeah, you know? um, it's so I don't know. It's it's, it's like a D and D. You've got to find the right group, right? Mm-hmm. But um. 
it, the, but still, the social experience of it is it is one of the most distinct things I've experienced in a video game, and it's distinctive of how as a thing it's it's the closest thing I've gotten to D and D in a game for sure. Uh, just the feeling of being at a party, the feeling that we all have our own stories, and we've this game has you can build a kind of a blank slate character, or you can take one of their their built-in storylines that have right. like a character with a backstory. We all did that because we wanted to see what these stories were. Who and you, sorry, go ahead. Well, so I, I chose a character named Los who has a demon inside of her. Yes. Really that's, great that's story. That's the character I picked. But I've also got, we've also got a character in our party who um, is an undead from an, from ancient times and he's trying to figure out what happened to his people. Mm-hmm. He just woke up one day and his entire race was extinct and the memory of it was washed out and he's trying to go through and f- find what happened to my people. Uh, we have, my brother is playing the Red Prince who is, a lizard emp- a prince of the empire of lizards that was kicked out for nice. consorting with demons. And so he's trying to like, you know, find his way back into the Royal graces and also solve what's going on with the, all these demons and shit. Mm-hmm. And he's being stalked by an evil guild of lizards. So it's just mm-hmm. great stuff. And then we have a dwarf in our party who is, uh, he, he defied his the dwarf and queen. And I'm the dwarf. <laughs> he's the dwarf. He, he defied the dwarf queen and like led a rebellion against them, yeah. but he failed. And so now he's like basically just, an exile yeah and, and you all meet up at like this exile prison right uh, yeah right. okay yeah because yeah. i've played like the opening like 10 minutes or so mm-hmm. well the core conceit of the setting is that there's magic and then there's sorcery and sorcery is something that is distinctly bad because mainly because it attracts the presence of what's called the void which a lot of bad monsters and bad stuff come out of there and so sorcerers are just a menace in society they're dangerous magic is fine sorcery bad mm-hmm. so sorcery is treated like witchcraft Okay. Why? Um, why? What? What is the the relationship? No, no. What is the benefit of choosing sorcery over run of the mill magic? Is it more well, powerful? You are always it- you are by default a sorcerer in this game. All your characters are are have source in them. You either are a sorcerer or you're not. Basically, right? No, source but- is a thing that that attracts the void. But are you saying like why is it that magic is bad is good and source is bad? Yeah. Like what? What? Why would I? Okay. Wait, hold Why on. would you ever choose to be a sorcerer? So everyone inherently has yes. I don't. So your characters, there are people who are not sorcerers, and then there are people that are just like born with it. Yeah. And all of the characters that you can play as are just born as sorcerers. Mm. Like they have source in them. So, but but you made a distinction between sorcery and magic. The only reason I say this, the game's pretty loose on it. People can do spells in this game. Mm-hmm. Sorcery is specifically tapping into a certain power source. Sorcery is tapping yes. into like the god's power source. Okay. And the, the but god's... But bad because when you tap into it, it attracts the void. Things, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then does tapping into it result in more powerful abilities? I think that's time, implied. Yeah. Well, over yeah. time, you strict, you literally get source abilities that are more powerful. Oh, cool. Because yeah. I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, if you like, cast like, a source ability, like the the magisters will like come and attack you too. Like, mm-hmm. if you're in a town and you use a source ability, they'll be like, oh shit, a source user. Let's mm-hmm. go and you get this guy. Okay. Because I was just curious, like, if that's the case, if like it's this known thing that like, hey, if you use your source power, it can possibly bring about the doom of us all. Like, what? Why would I? If I'm just a run-of-the-mill, like, if I'm not a fatalist or, like, some sort of doom cultist, like, hmm. why would I choose to use my source power and not just run-of-the-mill magic or other abilities? Yeah. Like, there has yeah, to be a I trade-off it, I there. think it like, is an, a power. They, okay. Yeah. They, they for like one it thing... It doesn't have to show up mechanically, but, yeah. like, at the, for the very least, like, lore reasons, like, I would imagine that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure, like, you could do Fireball, but the 
source version of fireball is what could save your life one day right and you tapping into that is necessary they for you. also have ways of detecting people with source and so like at the beginning mm. of the game you've all been captured because you've been you've been detected as sorcerers okay um the uh and and there's a little bit more to this whole entire thing source also extends in this other weird direction where um they're uh, what, what do they call it? i can't remember now um the void woken the 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 well no so the the player you the character you play in the first game lucian is his kind of canon name now mm. um he became a god in the first game yes. and he's very tied to source in that way but he died um and so now there's this as kind a god of, as a god he he was destroyed he sacrificed himself maybe it's not clear at the beginning of the game there's more to that i'm not gonna say um uh because this is a game i will avoid spoilers on but there is this kind of um vacuum now that people are expecting someone to rise up and become ascended yeah and mm. so part of the reason isn't just to crucify or just isn't just to like um hold back people who are or, or what's the word um discriminating people with source oh, yeah. but also because they want to control who's using it because they want their guy the right. son of lucian who Got is it. a sorcerer mm -hmm. to, to become the, the next ascended. god yeah, yeah. Okay. and they, um, they will lot and so in the beginning when they capture you and, and put you in the prison they put collars on you that mute your source yeah. and part of the game is you have to go find a way to break it break it from you but also break it from your companions got it hmm. um uh, ascendancy is also a thing in in D, &D right like like mm -hmm. don't player characters in some i mean obviously like D, &D is open-ended so you can yeah. do whatever the fuck with I, it i but. don't know if there's specific mechanics for it okay in D, &D. I, I have heard about campaigns where it's like oh yeah. our player characters became gods and I, i've had it happen in a game i ran where but it was all story based in that it wasn't like a mechanical thing i got from a book um we had a gnome who met a gnome god and then became a gnome god himself gnomes for the gnome god Brad. gnomes for the gnome god um but yeah uh gee whiz and 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 <laughs> the story in this game is fabulous all the characters have great story mm -hmm. all the origin like stories of mm -hmm. they call them origins for these kind of pre-made stories they are definitely in my mind the way to play um, what they also give you the way the story kind of plays out, you get character tags that determine what your dialogue options are. Uh, the, the origins have default tags. If you build a from scratch character, you get to choose a combination of tags, like mm -hmm. scholar or jester or yeah. warrior or bandit. Yeah. Um, and you still have some basic lines that you can always say, but you'll see in, in dialogue choices, uh, you know, like, uh, in parentheses, Oh, this is a, this is an option that specifically comes from you being this character or from mm -hmm. you being this this tag mm. and you can unlock some of those throughout the game as well like you can unlock the hero trait or the villain trait nice. um, and it adds more dialogue options the dialogue is written both fucking super funny it's really um good. and and also like they have a really good mind for like how to like kind of build out the fantasy and like set up little niche stories in the world um there's they they've they just did a patch that actually kind of reset some that moved some things. It used to be that you had to take a specific character trait to talk to animals. They decided just to give that to everybody. Oh, cool! But the animals in this game are so good. They're so really funny. Good, you guys. <laughs> they're, they're, they all have like these kind of over the top personalities, and they always they always just they add so much more to the scene because animals will see things that you know humans are doing or whatever, and mm. you can go and talk to them. That is generally the place you go for oh, what's going on in this puzzle? Well, there's a rat in this dungeon. I need to go talk to that rat. Yeah, <laughs> and they all have like voice acting and everything. They, the voice acting is what really sells the animals. Yeah, everybody there's, except for your character is voice acted. 
Well, Wait, even that's not entirely is it, true. It, it, your character's voice actor. Uh, okay, never mind. You just don't say. hear your dialogue. They don't. They, when you click, you don't hear your character go through it. Gotcha. Right, gotcha because gotcha. you already read it. Because right. it can be yeah. repetitive. There are with that. scenes like when an important thing happens, you'll get to talk to all your your allies, and mm-hmm. you'll get to say something. And in that case, it will. That's really cool. It will say, you know, what you literally what you literally clicked on is what they'll literally say. Nice. And nice. then every good bit of kind of comment. Um, Original Sin One did have a back and forth between the characters that I really loved. You got mm. more. It was it was a two player game, and you had a lot of system scenarios where you could talk back and forth, and it would give you like points for oh you were optimistic or you were romantic or you were yeah. pessimistic, and they don't have that here. I get it. It's four players. It would have been a lot to make nesting trees of dialogue mm-hmm. for potentially multiple players. Mm-hmm. It hurts because that that was so good in the first game, but even with that out you always can eavesdrop in from anywhere to listen to what other players talking to somebody. So if you're across the city, but then your dwarf is talking to a, you know, a, a, a dwarf uh, noble that's cluing into like his plot about the queen, you can just suddenly click on him and go and see the dialogue that he's going through that's and cool. listen to it. Yeah. And it is like really nice. You can always be keyed into these other stories. Yeah. Or sometimes you'll just come back and be like, oh, here's what I just learned. I'm going to tell you guys now mm. um, because you can all spread out and kind of do digging in to try I to figure out where you I think that's the most attractive next. part to me yeah. is just like as much as I like having complete knowledge when I'm playing mm. a game, like the idea of like we are all experiencing our own stories. All right, let us collect together yeah. and, and, and collaborate on what we independently discovered and, and create a unified truth and like make a decision and work yeah. as a team. And like, I mean, that's that that is the... That's something that D and D can't easily replicate because um, you have one master who's right, running right, at the time. Right. Yeah. Unless you say like, "All right, now you gotta leave the room." Mm-hmm, now yeah. I'm telling him information that only he can know, and then it's up to him to decide Just whether or not to share. It is, it. Mm. yeah. It is. It is specifically the advantage of this medium over D and D. And I think I'm I'm so excited for Baldur's Gate three because I hope they continue. I, I Baldur's Gate three is going to be multiplayer, from my understanding, and I'm I just keep I hope they keep exploring the space and what you can do with it in terms of having multiplayer shared fantasy story. Um, the downside of it though is situations where like you're all exploring and you're all kind of getting invested in talking to merchants or traders or, or characters. And then somebody accidentally runs into a fight mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh no, that's a really bad fight. Mm-hmm. We need to go help him. And so you get into this scenario of sometimes you got to drop everything you're doing to go and deal with one thing. Yeah. You're like in the shop and you're like, yeah, bartering like, for stuff. You're like, oh, shit, gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it, uh, it's the one tempo problem the game has arguably, but it's such a small problem ultimately because you're like, ah, oh, I've got to stop doing this thing I was doing to go do something I love, which is going and getting into a fight in this game. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, I, we are all in the, my group kind of player, play, kind of players who, 100% stuff and go and find everything you can do on the island uh, on mm. these different areas. So we were probably playing very slowly because we're not rushing through the story We're, but that does mean that like we have searched out every fight we can possibly get into. Um, and, uh, that like, it, I, I imagine this game can play very, very differently depending on the groups you put together, just like D and D, um, having, having to figure out how to balance what players are interested in, what they want to go and see. Um, making sure that players know like we, we will often announce, Hey, I'm talking to somebody who's very important. If you guys want to eavesdrop just so people get a chance to see nice. the story because yeah, yeah. it is very easy to like go through the story and be like, Whoa, Whoa, what, did I miss something crazy? What are we doing? Yeah. Here? Um, yeah. Um, and I, I, I genuinely think, you know, there's been a kind of a revival of CRPGs of the last few years, pillars of eternity and, and this and tyranny and all the other games that are coming out, especially in the isometric view. 
But I think as much as I love games like Pillars of Eternity, this is like it is it takes what inspired that kind of revival mm-hmm. and then pushes it forward as well. Um this it doesn't have like um as many dialogue choices, like as many con- like con- uh, consequential choices as like a Bioware game where you're making things that determine outcomes, but you do get a lot of character building moments and the things you most often get to affect are your personal story that you have could go a number of different ways based on how you play it. And there's, and, and in some cases characters have conflicting interests in those stories. Like the elf wants to kill a lizard who put a scar on her that makes, makes his people can mind control her. Um, but the lizard character, the the red prince needs to talk to that guy to get information from his, from like, he's a, he's got dream magic and he can see visions and stuff. And potentially the elf can kill that guy without knowing. And suddenly now the red prince's trajectory is different because he has to find that information another way. Right. Hmm. Um, and, uh, it's it's just interesting to see like and, and the they kind of bob in and out of each other's stories in like small ways like that. Interesting. Um, eh, it's cool. It's a cool game. It's well written. It sounds great. I, I really, really want to play cool. it. I just I I don't have a desk. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough and, and it's tough because I've I've obviously been describing it from the point of view of someone who has been playing it in a party. I don't know that it would be as good playing it. It would be very good playing a single player. I mean, I think a lot of people have played the single player. I don't think think that's I think you're, like, I think you enjoying, or you experiencing this game in a very specific way does not, obviously, like, it is a, your your perspective or your opinion on it might be a little different if you played it solo, but I think the fact that you are able to play it in this specific configuration is... Awesome! Like I think it's an amazing yeah. thing. I think yeah. it's I think it's super valuable and, the and weird, super rare. The weird too. thing about it is that yeah, having friends. It's well, what is that <laughs> like? Nice. Yeah, but it's it's a weird situation where it might be hard to get a group together to do that. The flip side is if you play the game through single player, the multiplayer experience would probably not be the same because you yes. got this you know disarranged information kind of thing, mm. and uh, well, also like you would feel less in control. Yeah, well, you would want to. I would imagine if you played through it once on single player, you'd want to yield control to other people to let them experience it. Mm-hmm. And it would. Mm-hmm. I, I well, at least that's how I would feel if I had played through I, I it. I would feel the opposite because if I experienced the story one way and I want to see what the other options oh, are, push them towards other yeah, yeah. outcomes. That's it's tough. I, I and so it's like part of me is like because the the unique thing with this game is the potential to play a full you know a campaign that is the size of any single player epic fantasy JRPG RPG you've played. But to play multiplayer, mm-hmm. that is such a novel thing that I feel like it's the way I want to encourage people to play it first. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it can be very fun else otherwise, but yeah. it's just it's there's not a lot of games that let you do that. I think the D and D comparisons so. apt. Yeah, yeah. I have one question. Yes, is Disco Elysium on your list of games to look out for? So I it, it, I literally just added it to my wish list. Okay. Holy shit, that game looks cool. Yeah. Uh, I was just everything you're talking about. I was just like I've been hearing a lot of discourse about yeah. like. This is Disco Elysium, but everyone is like, Disco Elysium has changed this game genre I'm so forever. I, yeah. So well, what's the big for, focus for them? It's like it's like they do really interesting things with like story choice. They're, they're apparently their like their dialogue system, how your character builds itself naturally through yeah. dialogue is just so evolved and thought out compared to interesting. Well, and so is what I've heard. Some other things with Disco Elysium is that you have the skills you build up don't necessarily 
contribute strictly to combat. They're they're much more like the one I the one review I read, and I tried to kind of once I realized I wanted, I didn't read too much. But I know there's a stat called Shivers that kind of gives you a kind of psychic sense of things that are happening around, mm. but like it's like a spidey sense almost. The Shining. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. It, that this the stat that if you improve it, you may get different information to solve mysteries just from wandering oh. around the city. Shivers is specifically about your relationship with the city, psycho, uh, uh, psychically, mm. um, and so you depending on what you, the way you level up your character, the kind of story beats that are avail- available to you will be different. On top of that, it looks zany as all heck. Yeah. I love that. I, <laughs> it's, I keep seeing like chunks of dialogue that people will post to Twitter in yeah. screenshot form, and they're entirely out of context, but stuff like talking to your own necktie yeah. is, is like speaking to me. <laughs> all right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Disco Elysium looks fantastic. Too uh, many games. Too many games. Too many games. Way too many um joe What's is there up? anything any other games that like they might not be like in your oh top 10 i do you remember my talk? honorable mention now and the only reason i felt like it would, wouldn't feel right putting it on my list is because i only played it for a couple of days and it was legends of runeterra i, I played it a couple oh, cool. days yeah, after I, I after we talked about right. it yeah and it, more and more i liked it I, I don't i don't think i told the mushroom story on here I can tell it now. Not, uh, okay. not the drug mushrooms. Uh, uh, the the oh, in-game the, mechanic about mushrooms. Do you, do you piss on the mushrooms no, in Legend of Runeterra? It's funny. So there's a character <laughs> in League of Legends called Timo. He's a cute little furry right. boy. He, <laughs> nope. Wait, hold on a second. All right. Keep going. He's, yep. he's oh a cute boy. little furry hamster uh, character. Anyways, his whole entire shtick is that he plants mushrooms around the map and people step on them and it, and it hurts them. Mm-hmm. And this, in the card game version, you plant mushrooms in their deck. So whenever Teemo hits oh. the enemy, you put like five mushrooms in and it attaches to random cards. When they draw a card with mushrooms on it, it bursts. Um, and they take damage. They take damage. And there's more cool. ways to put mushrooms in the opponent's deck. But there's some shenanigans you could do. And this is just one particular story that made me giggle a lot. I, so I, I I took this character. Once you plant enough mushrooms in the deck, he levels up. And when when he levels up, his ability changes from plant mushrooms to double the mushrooms in their deck. Oh, shit. And so I got him to that level up. Then I cast a spell that creates two copies of that character for one turn. But I also had a character out that copies any spell I cast. Oh, so no. So I had five Teemos out. So I hit this opponent five times because Timo is elusive and he can't be hit except blocked by except by other characters elusive so I doubled the mushrooms once then I doubled the mushrooms again 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 the opponent had over 1,000 mushrooms Jeez. in less than 23 cards <laughs> oh my god and is and it like <laughs> is it like one mushroom is one damage or right yeah yeah That's so wild. when he drew his next card it was like hundreds of damage and it was just like oh or it was it was around 100 damage is it like immediately dead yeah yeah because okay. he you have wow. like 20 life to start with okay and yeah. i mean that was a very silly situation it, this isn't like a competitive strategy that i was doing i just happened to be able to get to the point where i could pull it off and man it was so it was so silly um but Apart from that, like that, like it's nice to have silly things you can do in a card game. Yeah. The actual competitive side of it, like the the decks people were making that were like kind of the good decks, it uh, and it was too early to say whether or not it's going to have a better me- better meta than Hearthstone did. The thing that kind of killed Hearthstone for me, I loved the game. I always hated what the competitive decks felt like playing against, mm. and it's kind of the same with Magic. Sometimes yeah. the worst decks in Magic are so unfun to play against because they're they're um they are oppressive. And they, they, they stop you from doing things mostly. Yeah, they're metagame to hell. Because mm-hmm. of the way you have this kind of back and forth in this game where you do an action, your opponent does an action, you do an action. Your opponent can't just snowball off. Gotcha. Um, right. Uh, obviously, I did in this one case, but it was like at the end of the game. And uh, it, it was, you know, it was it was a game that had gone on too long and we were both playing goofy decks. But um, 
and, and the competitive decks are good at like creating balanced play where you have interesting interactions and back and forths and it doesn't always feel like you get like just completely blocked out until you lose mm-hmm. um and that's a good starting sign i mean who knows what the meta will look like when they actually release when they change cards and stuff but um it was very fun uh there was the, the only thing i would change on it would be I, I i think they could improve the visual ui like the, the map that you fight on is very generic but eh, it's fine um you haven't really mentioned like magic arena much this year well, it's, and I feel I like did, you've, you've put a yeah, bunch of time into that. I did you? play a good bit of it. Um, and it's tough. Uh, I have a weird relationship with Magic where I love that game. I'm also kind of sick of it. Like, uh, they they just recently have... They, had, they, they released a new set and they immediately had to ban a card because it was uh, dominating the meta. It was like 40% of the competitive meta. And when they banned that, another card became 60% of and 60% of the decks in the oh competitive God. meta. And so they're like, oh man, they're just they're they're for the last few years, they've been struggling to get standard in a place that is regularly loved. Mm-hmm. Standard being their like their their rotation for new cards that are tournament legal. Um and it's frustrating to try to build in those environments because what I like about card games is being able to build my own idea and take it and not just have to net deck and look at what's best or whatever with magic the best decks are often so good that it warps what you can make until your customization is actually fairly limited you can't play with sillier cards often because uh, if you want to be competitive if you want to win because you have such a short like um a short line for between being viable and being um just jank i guess and so there's other formats you can play in Magic, but Arena is, I think, a thing where uh, the the economy model's great. You get a lot of cards without having to put any money into it, although it still has loot boxes and stuff, and, you know, you buy packs. You can you can pay for gems and get customization and stuff. Um, you can, But you can get a lot of it without paying. And what that drives me to, though, is that I still, like, every time I use a free card that I've gotten to get to unlock a certain card... I want to get something sillier and I feel pushed to get something that is good in the meta. Um, and it's like, it's a good system that they've built. Magic Arena is a good system that needs improvements, but the game itself, I think is it's, it has ups and downs. And right now I think it's just in a very down place mm-hmm. with, with where, where magic is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Cool. Mm. I, I would, I, I, for years I've wanted something that is, uh, there's been a lot of magic clones. And I think even Hearthstone still borrowed a lot from magic. And then now there's been a lot of Hearthstone clones. I wanted something that was just new enough. I liked thing. I wanted things. I still wanted things I like. I didn't need it to be super creative. I wanted things that things that j- got it just enough and let it be distinct. And I think artifact was that at first, but it had so many other problems that it fell apart. And I feel like the best thing about the, the gameplay and, and, Legends of Runeterra is what Artifact did well and it's what Magic doesn't necessarily do well which is anytime you take an action your opponent gets to take an action and that's it was the same in Artifact and Legends of Runeterra and it creates such a good back and forth rhythm Hearthstone yeah. you're often waiting it's also true in Magic even with instance you have to just wait for your opponent to do stuff and uh, I think the, the rate of play ultimately of Legends of Runeterra is makes me think I'm probably not going to play Magic Arena anymore once it comes out wow so that's cool. funny because I haven't even gotten a chance to play Arena yet, and I really want to try a new. Sorry, 
card game. I mean, I, I can't. Well, you're not. I saw. Like, I don't need your permission, Joe. It's just no. It's, it's dead now. <laughs> oh, it's dead okay. game. Yeah. I've said it. Yeah. Now it's dead. Yeah. I, I I do think at least Arena is a very good place to go and just try Magic because it's you don't have to pay anything and you can get some. You know, you can get some cards together, put together a deck, and be like, "Oh, look at that! I played a Magic." Cool. Uh, Joe, any other games you want to talk about? There are games that I uh, am very curious what you think that you played this year, but uh, uh, ask. I, oh, okay. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna list these. I I I felt like you would you would bring these up. Sekiro, Mortal Kombat 11, um, Hades. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, let me see if there's anything else on here. The, those are the big ones. Super Mario Party, maybe, but... Oh, yeah, I can talk about that briefly. Uh, all right, so the first one was Sekiro. Boy, oh boy, I struggled to love that game. Uh, it's beautiful, but I constantly felt like I would have rather been playing Bloodborne, mm. and that hurt. Like, mm-hmm. the, the thing that I that I, I felt like it, it was satisfying and crunchy and hard and like good gameplay but um i i found myself just kind of wishing this was bloodborne 2 instead um and i think that is probably the like the most single comment like if i if i made a review i i would probably be titled i wish i was playing bloodborne 2 uh Uh, and i i appreciate that this is a different vision and that he's exploring a very different mythology and using imagery from japan that is very beautiful it was very beautiful but I just wanted Bloodborne too. Yeah, and I, I mean that's just personal preference. It's not like sure. I, obviously the game has had people were, were very upset about how hard it was and wanted easy modes and or normal modes, however you want to put it. I didn't care about all that. I thought the gameplay was fine. I did bash my head in against a few bosses, and they were probably up there with some of the hardest Bloodborne bosses. But but difficulty is not the only reason I go to those games. I like the difficulty, but I thought ultimately. Uh, I enjoyed exploring the other world a little bit more, even Dark Souls or Demon Souls. Um, what you think? I didn't even play it. You didn't even touch it. I didn't even get to touch. Yeah, it. I like. I like. I thought the combat was interesting. Like, I I was afraid because I just from all I've been told, I would not like. If I Dark remember Souls. correctly, the thing you I, I really liked it. about it, and Alex touched it. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. I didn't <laughs> cut you out. Well, I, I seem to remember that Dylan really liked the Shinobi prosthetic. I love the Shinobi it. prosthetic. I love the Shinobi, yeah. the Shinobi prosthetic. The Shinobi I mean, like, prosthetic. writing aside, like, I mean, I kind of walked in knowing, like, okay, this seems like it's going to be, like, like there's there's going to be a, a story the yeah. way a lot of, like, action video games have a story, but it's not going to be, like, that's not going to be what's driving me through. Like, there's a revenge plot. You get your arm chopped off, like, blah, 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 blah. The, the comment I liked, I, I don't think... Uh, the slam your head against a wall kind of thing is gonna is for me. Like I don't personally like attempting something, failing, and having to repeat thirty minutes worth of of, of work. Uh, so that it's about that, it's about that final catharsis, Dylan. It's the, it's the it's the moment you finally cross sure. the finish line, and I can appreciate that. But like uh, I I forget if I mentioned it on a mic before, but like. Um, artificial quote-unquote like mechanical difficulty that is introduced to me from from a from a npc is not as rewarding if i overcome it as uh that against the player so that's why you know i find battle royales or multiplayer games very satisfying because i know it is it is the performance is only human (laughs) like it is it is it is something that is that is conquerable whereas if i play against a very hard boss in one of these games i'm like 
Well, I so I think about it a little bit differently though, because I do think about uh, ultimately someone designed that difficulty still, right? And yes, it is there, there is an AI that that has that has made these choices that you're actually playing against, but someone left it at that point. Someone played it and thought a developer played it and thought, okay, I'm satisfied with this amount of difficulty with this, and I do feel like to me that's enough to accept it as uh, as real as playing against another player in terms of like, uh, yes, it is literally being done by an artificial intelligence but it doesn't feel artificial to me but that's a personal distinction right so anyways Sekiro so sad to say that I lent it away before I even finished it Alex do you have anything to add about it I um I felt it a little too hard to continue but I really appreciated it for what it was I was like I can see all of the effort and work that really went into making this a game for the people who like these kind of games um, I'm was I do keep thinking I should try that mod that makes it easier and go back into it because I wanted to explore more of the world and that's the same problem I have with all of these Souls games is that wow I'm really into this big dark horrible world but I just can't get past the first area so yeah. I guess I'm stuck and so hopefully. I might find the courage to to try again with maybe something that can tweak it to a little bit more my speed. Yeah, I mean, I always I always drop the difficulty in all games I play. Like Bethesda games, I feel like are notoriously unbalanced, so I'll just very easy drop it. I don't know why I like Monster Hunter a whole lot more and feel more inclined to get better at that one. There might be just like a smoother curve in my experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's true, at least with Monster. Hunter, well, especially with Monster Hunter World. Yeah, that game. There's certainly some tough enemies you can experience early on, but they are. It's still a, a scaling up. Like the first few big monsters you fight in that, you can just you can pretty much just whack them. Yeah, yeah. So. Like they always give you a really easy one to start off with. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I, I just that's where I left it. I, and I certainly the Punisher mechanics are worse in Soulsborne games as opposed Punishers to, in Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> The, you haven't well, seen him like running around mowing down yes. things with a bunch of this for my family but <laughs> dying he's got the sword. A dime <laughs> he's got the sword gun the sword. Okay. Uh, yeah he would <laughs> you didn't even lose everything in Sekiro I can't remember now what made it so you lose well you could revive sometimes which is a which is a, which is a distinct mechanic I'm trying to remember I also got really bummed out and I never like learned the intricacies of this because it didn't seem like this should be a thing in video games in general, but just like you lose important NPCs the more you die. Yeah. Oh, just from dying. Yeah. yeah. What? That's fucked like, up. Well, the more you like the the story element is like the more you revive, the more life you suck out of the world, and you cause a disease okay. to like run yeah. through that's, a village. That's Dragon cool. If they make a justification and, for it, that makes sense. But, yeah. But. But it also is like stupidly punishing. It seemed like, like get good nerd. Because, like, you lose... You apparently don't ever lose access to their services, but, like, you can't continue their story because they're too yeah. sick. Weird. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, arguably, I, I think they come from the perspective that people will often play these games multiple times through. They sure. do yeah. Dark Souls. And so Dark Souls... Demon Souls and Dark Souls had worse, where there was an NPC who would show up in your base, and if you didn't know it, he would just start murdering people while you were out. Yeah. Like, and, and, and so you would lose MCs that sold stuff and you wouldn't be able to buy those anymore because this guy was in, the, in your nexus or in your... That's just... Is he the guy who's like sitting on an edge? Because uh, I remember in Dark Souls in 1... Game? 
Mm, was sitting on an edge? I, I, can't, I, can't I also have vaguely heard tell of this character. I, I played Dark Souls 1 in a very bad situation where my friends were like telling me what to do a oh, whole lot. That must and be I, fun. And I remember I may have done that like walking past this guy sitting on the edge of a spiral staircase. My woman was like, oh, uh, unequip your weapons and just do like a regular kick and like knock him off knock the him edge. Off. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? Why? He's like, just do it. That may have been him. Okay. I, I remember the one I, yeah. from Demon's Souls <laughs> a little bit better. I'm convinced now <laughs> more than ever that Souls games are just some weird form of Stockholm Syndrome. I, yeah, maybe. Well, do you know the story of Demon's Souls? I can't remember if I told it on here. Like like why, it's, why, it, why it exists? Uh, because Demon's yes. Souls wasn't supposed to be Demon's Souls when it was made, right? So uh-huh. it was it was another... It was supposed to be a westernized action RPG, mm. and they tested it, and they are like, this is horrible. Uh, we're 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 gonna we're gonna drop our lead developer and anybody can take over this project who wants to. And Miyazaki was like, "All right." And so he took on and and he basically revamped it. He came up with a new idea for Damn. it. He rebuilt it into something different. And he said his, his, the the thing he said and there's a quote about this somewhere it was basically this game has already been accepted as a failure. So I'm just gonna take every risk I can think of and see what happens. And so he just put in a ton of stuff. And so it was it made a whole genre out of it. It was it was him not necessarily thinking about what would play yeah. like the most friendly to the to a bar consumer base as, as opposed to what would what could he do because he, he thought I can't fail because it's mm. already been accepted as a failure. Mm. There's a part of me that really admires that. Right, yeah. <laughs> and and it, it just happened to to succeed and that's why Dark Souls came. Yeah, sure. And so I on the one and, and I mean like at that point it was now it was it was about now and now they expect that. Now mm-hmm. they, they want that mm-hmm. more of that thing. So they have these horrible mechanics because of that. There's a clip Dylan posted in our Discord when we were talking about the uh, Jesse talking to herself in control mm-hmm. from a movie that I don't know the name of. Nicolas Cage trying to be a writer, it seemed like. Oh, yes. Uh, adaptation. Um, it's yes. uh, Charlie Kaufman. So so it's Nicolas. Just to give a little background on it. So Charlie Kaufman, he wrote Being John Malkovich mm-hmm. and okay. uh, Charles Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. Uh, after he wrote Being John Malkovich, he was approached to make an adaptation of this uh, very famous book. I forget what it was about, but it's, it's it's this book that has a very weird plot. It's kind of absurdist. It kind of like goes off in weird directions. Um, and the and this is a real-life scenario where Charlie Kaufman was tasked with ad, ad, adapting this book into a screenplay, and he had such a hard time doing it and went such went through such like a, a mental break, an emotional like schism mm-hmm. that he instead wrote a screenplay about his experiences <laughs> trying to adapt the screenplay and that's what the movie adaptation uh takes place but there's okay. a part where he goes to a writing seminar hosted by an actual like screenwriter uh robert mckay i believe his name is um and in my screenwriting class we had to like read excerpts from this book and it's just a book about writing mm. writing screenplays but uh go ahead if you want to finish yeah, out the the clip was something about how I mean, you you timestamped it in the middle, and I only watched it to the end. It seemed like there were like three separate bits to this clip, but the the one you wanted to share with us was the professor that Nicolas Cage is in a lecture of is talking about like He's played by Brian Cox, by the way. Mm. Okay, mm. <laughs> is like laying down some really hard rules about writing and. That part of the clip bothered me. I actually really liked the ending one where he's talking about like. You know, life isn't boring. If you're trying to write a story about boring life, then you're just not living. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's going to be bad. Like that, I appreciated. 
But that bit about like here are very hard rules you have sure. to stick to, and a lot of writers do that, and some writers don't. But I do, I do very much agree with the idea because, like he says, specific because Charlie Kaufman's going through this monologue in his head, and then Brian Cox interrupts him and just says, "And God help you if you put a voiceover in your movie. God help you." Right. I I was just like, well, I think the best stuff comes from breaking rules. Right. And I do believe Dark Souls is a good example of that. As much as it has been deemed to be not my kind of game, I'm very appreciative appreciative of what it has accomplished for yeah. breaking all of these rules. I, I, I have no problems with Dark Souls as a design philosophy. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with the Dark Souls discourse. Yeah. That's where I stand. <laughs> I, I do think, I mean, it, just like it did also broke rules in the way it describes narrative and i know Mm -hmm. that also is not necessarily either of your cup of tea like you know handing out narrative in like small parcels like atmospheric stuff and weapon descriptions no i like that okay i'm I'm cool with that like i always i always thought that was interesting i was always informed that dark souls was like maybe it was demon souls was notoriously poorly translated poorly localized Mm. so that there were item descriptions for like buffs on items that were just straight up wrong Oh, and I don't. That, I think that was true yeah. on some. Cases. And I'm like, okay, like, and obviously, like, that's just, well, that's just in part and parcel with like, okay, how much resources did they give to a failing game? To, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and like, you can't be mad about that. But that almost it it got wrapped up in the mythos yeah. of Dark Souls. It's like this this game is so hard that the Even game lies items. to you. It's like <laughs> yeah. okay, like cool. I mean, if you're into that, but I could choose not to be into that, and I shouldn't be dismissed for not liking that. And right. I mean, yeah. like again, and I'm I, I'm a broken man that cannot have a rational discussion yeah. on this game because I've just been pushed to the brink by people that are just. And I'm so legitimately on your side with that because I have lots of friends who are just like, oh, Alex is bad at video games because he won't play Dark Souls, and I'm like, no, I just don't. Oh, God, whatever, fine, you know. Right. They're yeah. gonna have their well, opinions of me, and I'm just gonna live. Anyone could get good at it. It is a matter of whether or not you are interested in getting in like in right. investing the time it takes to do it because it, either you enjoy the investment or you don't sure and that's i mean that's like a i just i just think line. dark souls likes created this mentality of like you have to like this mm-hmm. and i was just like no and yeah. like <laughs> like i can choose not to like something and people can like it but like let's let's at least like be civilized about this yeah. <laughs> i think the thing that that like i pull from I mean, generally, there's a lot of things to talk about with Dark Souls. The thing I pull from the difficulty specifically is that consequence adds tension, and tension makes my choices feel either more like more. Uh, when, when I do a battle really well in Dark Souls, I'm like, oh, I feel so I feel so strong right now. I feel so alive. Uh, versus doing kind of like a rote battle in another game where you just kind of go through. Sure, it's the same thing with like Path of Exile for me, where I play on hardcore only, where if my character dies. They are deleted. <laughs> They're gone. Uh, well, then they go to standard difficulty, but then I delete them. The the, the, <laughs> the, the, the problem is also that like uh, Dark Souls a lot wants to have its cake and eat it too, where it's like this is an intense, like exacerbating experience and it's based off precision and blah, blah, blah. But also here's me, you know, falling flat on my back into the corner of this room so that the collision can't hit me from the boss. And now I'm just going to, I'm just going to cheat at this. And, oh, yeah. and that and that also kind of gets thrown Although, into the I think, mix. I don't think those are intended. Yeah, I no, think it's, no, no, it's not. But it's it's. But it's, I think that's part of the discourse that you're talking yeah, part about. Part of the of discourse like, hey, is also like this is how you beat this game. Yeah, like look at me fudge it, but also like look at the weird like animation priority and mm-hmm. look at the weird like mm-hmm. stumbliness of everything. But also this is a re- this is the most serious of serious video games. 
and the, like um, you have to be a, a master strategist and like have the the best dexterity to to complete this game. Ultimately, kind of the only thing I, I don't often look up things in video games. I did look up uh, stuff in Dark Souls and Bloodborne because I didn't want to miss scenarios where I could right. lose an NPC or whatever, right. uh, you know, or I could not talk to somebody and lose a quest line. I, I just like experiencing all those things. So yeah, I, I, I would go to the wiki to figure out where things were. I very much get the same way. <laughs> um, apart from that, I, I think I played the game as is. I didn't, I, I, t- I tended not to use exploits because I think it would defeat the purpose of having a hard difficulty. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. But, Anyways, yeah, I didn't mean for this to be a mea culpa. Mortal <clears throat> Kombat 11, I feel the same way about it as I did with Justice 2, which is I finally got to play Justice 2 with my brother for the first time a couple days ago. I played one round with him, and he said, "Okay, I'm done," and now I'll never play it again. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario Party, uh, well, I'll probably never play that again either. To be honest, I really like Super Mario Party. It, it, it this, was is good. it the newest one? Yeah, yeah. It's the Switch it one. It was good, but ultimately, I didn't enjoy replaying the same levels as much. I don't like, like the levels. The maps much. are interesting. I don't think. They're the best maps in Mario Party, but yeah, like that, they they feel I don't know. It I think is better they're better to me than the cart, the, the the one that the boat that everyone's on or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. for ten. Yeah, yeah. and I else? tell my Super Mario Party story on this. Tell it again. This okay, is the highlight so reel. Okay, I don't remember. Okay, because I did get to play it with a bunch of friends when I went up to uh, New York for New Year's, and like it was by far the most frustrating video game experience <laughs> I've ever had in mm. my life. Oh, you mean it's Mario Party? Yeah. yeah. Um, first, like, <laughs> there was that game. It's a game of skill, Alex. I, is it? Yes. Is it? Absolutely. I, well, <laughs> it's, t- well, it's tough because there are things that can happen like out, of, out of control. The star placement, for instance, can be make or break. Ooh. Like, we, we, like, Living we're winning. Society. Okay. We were me and my partner were ahead by quite a bit and then uh my my buddy and his wife were like they they suddenly pulled ahead sharply i forget what it was they had like a bunch of party members and were able to hop on our heads a bunch of times mm-hmm. in a row and basically stole all of our stars I played the game but of skill. then there was a stat at the end of the game that was like you get a star for every time you got abused by other players and were hopped on their heads and we pulled ahead again at the very last minute and I was just like, what is this? <laughs> I hit this game. It's Mario Party. <laughs> yes, it's the most skillful challenge ever mm-hmm. conceived I, by I, man. I had mm-hmm. a breakdown in yep. the middle of his is basement. Is that your first time playing Mario Party? Any Mario Party, yeah. So, well, it, so you, the just, reason... you just had like like yeah. 20 plus years of nostalgia just like forced Slam. down your throat. Yep. Just like, hey... Yep. The reason I, that we are so despondent is because that's what Mario Party is. It's like that's that's I, that's the game so. you play, man. Yeah, that's what the last problem, fifteen though, years is. Where like, <laughs> yeah, even with like ten stars, whatever the the lowest amount is, it's like it can take so long to do it. Yeah, and when the game does come down to very random stuff, it's like. Oh, that was an hour. <laughs> like, it's also like just let me skip so many Mario Kart in this time. We just also got a mini game where we're supposed to like shake candy out of a jar using the Joy-Con like motion controls. Yeah, and. Like everyone else got done, like within a. I took an extra minute. I was the last person with one piece of candy that was just like, usually, I don't know, I don't know usually what those games time out before you can. Yeah. No, they were just like, ah, I just kept going until like everyone was waiting for me and it was the most stressful thing. I started like, get the fuck out. I mean, you just got to get better at uh, oh, shaking the candy out. I, I think. I can't remember if it was that game or the um, one two let's go or whatever it was. Oh, one two switch. We you, you like count the, the things ball. in the yeah. thing. Yeah. In the, in the yeah. box. I, I do like these. I do like the mini games that Nintendo or whatever whoever's designed these yeah. has been putting out. Uh, those mini games are generally fun. 
I, I struggle with Mario Party as a package because I have nostalgic memories of it, but anytime I play it, it doesn't live up to it. Sure. It's like, yeah. I feel like the, I haven't played... I haven't played a Mario Party since the, the, the first half of the series. Like, I owned four on GameCube and I played one and two a bunch on N64. But, uh, I don't know. It just... it Kind of similar to, like, how Mario Kart 8 felt like a return to the form yeah. for Mario Kart. Yeah. This kind of also felt like a return to the form. People, I can believe that. People was, responded so poorly to 10. I would say it's on its way back to form. Sure. It, it was definitely returning. <laughs> but I did, at the very least, like... As much as I like the sprawling maps of the earlier games, like the fact that these boards felt so contained, like was kind of a boon. It was yeah. in its favor because I, I could like I could circle around mm-hmm. it and I could like you could see the entire map at once and like understand all that's going on. Whereas in like four, there's like a there's like a casino one where there's like a roulette wheel in the middle and it spins you around, it throws you around, and then there's like shit happening on this side of the map and then shit happening so on this side. So that's what of the map. I was missing about this one was like hey, it it has they, they are they are more contained, but I feel like the things that do happen just aren't that interesting. Right? Yeah, the I guess. Yeah. Ball ball comes rolls you knocks you back. Right. Like the, I would love if you don't if if they did not come out with a hey here's super mario party 2 just give me like hey here's an update to super mario party we added a bunch of boards those boards have like things like the roulette wheel i do or they even bring back I the do, old boards with the sure. new mini games. I do like the Kamex Golden Tower one though. I don't know if you ever played that. One, that's the one you have to unlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do mm. like the fact that the star stays in one place. That one's really. And I so like now that it's just like a, a race to the top. Yeah, and like there's some yeah. shit you can do along the way to like. Mm-hmm. That's to probably the best design level in right. the game. Yeah. The others, I don't think because it's only one of them. Yeah, and you have to unlock it. Yeah, but it, hey, Slapparazzi is a fantastic mini game. Really good. I'll Slap play Rats that really until good. the day I die. If <laughs> given the choice, uh, Slapparazzi is really good. Like you guys were saying, the in the boat thing is is really solid. What were you about to say though? Well, I was gonna say that I think the problem, I maybe now that I'm thinking about it in like full context, is that anytime I would play Mario Party, I can't mm. think of a reason I wouldn't play Jackbox, unless you're playing with people that have no sense of humor. Mm. Or you're playing with somebody that wants to be like, all right, let's just like do this thing real quick. I think let's play drawful. I, I let's don't not play drawful. I've played <laughs> yeah. so much drawful. I, I, I will always play that. I'm happy even if I don't. Try to, I guess trust that people will make funny things. I enjoy at least presenting the thing that I made yes. enough to yes. be like, well, okay, you've just drawn a dick, but here's my not dick. Look at this. <laughs> I, I really wish Jackbox just sold the individual games. I feel they do like for some of them. Build your own Jackbox. Yeah, like Drawful 2, two, they sold separately. Right, right. But, well, yeah, but if I mean, it was a build your own. That'd I feel be like cool. we just play TKO and uh, pitch the pitch expand your horizons. Sure, but right? I mean, like what a Jackbox game is? What fifteen bucks? Fifteen or twenty five? Okay. I feel like I, I, I think we in the hour to dollar we play ratio. enough of yes, them. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is priceless. I we, we in addition to TKO and and that we play the. Um, the, I'm just the, a man of efficiency. <laughs> the game where you have to come up with the quip game, Quiplash, and yeah, play. Quiplash. I mean, yes, Drawful has Fibbage. by nature Fibbage been played the, like the most, but uh, Fibbage is good. There's enough. There's always. I feel like as long as a Jackbox has two games that I like, yeah, that's fine. I feel like it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I will yeah. play the others and see them, and then be like, okay, never play that again. Have they finally yeah, abandoned think, the like live a- the action games in the Jackbox? Pa- like, there's one where it's like like an active like shooter. Oh, it's like a platform uh, I don't shooter I don't thing. Don't they just release that. a new one? Yeah, like, yeah. they just this past six, couple of weeks. Okay, yeah. or five. I haven't checked that one out yet. I think it's I think it's six. Nintendo yeah, Land is six. pretty good. It's six. I haven't seen anything about those. It's like I always wait until everyone starts talking about like one particular mini game. Like, all right, I'll get that one then. Yeah, 
We've gone some wild directions here. Yeah, I think it's probably maybe time to wrap up. Yeah, is there anything, any other... What was the other game that you had mentioned? I mentioned Hades. Oh, okay. Well, I did play that. I More hot characters. I haven't played it since it's it was like first released. and like pre, I don't know what they've added. At the time, I felt like I played it for hours and didn't unlock too much. And I was a little bit worried that it was going to be too repetitive on cycles as opposed to something like... Um, as opposed to something like, uh, what's it called? That that little Bass? game where you're a little boy who gets stomped on by a giant mother leg. Uh, Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that game I'm glad you guys could pick that up because <laughs> I was like, it, this, this is How many weird. other yeah. games have that? Dylan? This is the weirdest description <laughs> I, of Bastion. I feel like other roguelikes tended to push me into different feelings of gameplay per run mm-hmm. than Hades did. Mm-hmm. And I, I made it pretty far in Hades a number of times. I never made mm-hmm. it out, though. So and it's hard to say. Anyways, Hades... Uh, I believe in Supergiant games, yeah. but I can't say too much more because my experience is, I think, sure. too limited. Sure. Okay. Pyre is the, probably the game that I would recommend this year more than anything, and that was I played that last year, so sorry, oh, guys. Cool. Play Pyre. But nice. Pyre is a great game. Pyre. Pyre is so good. Jesus Christ. Play Pyre. All right. Well, on playing Pyre, let's wrap up. Nelson? Hey, what a... Where can people find you? You can find me at Whittico on pretty much every platform. If you just go to Whitta.co, that's W-H-I-T-T-I dot C-O, that'll give you links to everything do you have wooda.com i don't because wooda.com is a bastardization of my name and i will not stand for can this. i not call you wittacom no wittacom would be like your rap Witt- name also wittacon is my lewd art convention welcome no thank oh, nice. you You're mm-hmm. this artist alley it's sticky. it's one i mean that's not my fault i'm just here providing the content i'm yeah. into it alex damn yeah. right where can people find you uh, everywhere where you What's find... your booth number at Wittacon? 69. Nice. <laughs> okay. Well, 420. Yeah. Uh, 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 gotta, those gotta be right next to each other or else... Course. Those are the only two numbers in the entire convention center. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry. Those are also <laughs> the room numbers. <laughs> only two rooms, only two booths. Yep. Welcome <laughs> to my house. This is where my convention <laughs> is. Uh, you have the 420 suite. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Nice. That's nice. the bathroom. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Where can people find you, Alex? Uh, anywhere they find the name Godan, that's G-H-O-D-A-N, with an underscore if you're looking at Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's probably me, playing video games and sometimes making them. Awesome. Joe. Hey, guys. This is Joe. You may recognize me from such podcasts as Wordcast and Track Mode. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Gerb, G-E-R-H-B. You can find me on Facebook at Joseph Wedmore. There's a lot of Joseph Wedmores, though, so you're going to have to dig, but I believe <laughs> in you. Uh, and uh, you can even find me on YouTube at Instant Replay Live. That's an old pot, late Let's Play series. It's lots of silly gags on there, but hey, you never know. We may, might make something new soon. Who knows? <gasps> uh, anyways, <gasps> pass, pass it back to you, Dylan. Awesome. Well, you can find me at Dylan Vento, and if you like this podcast and want to listen to any of our other podcasts, you can find them at word-games.com or on Twitter at Word Video Games or wherever podcasts are sold. Just search Wordcast. That is part three of The Road to BGP Down. We got two more oh. on the way. Nelson, you have hey. yet to talk about Devil May Cry for two yeah, hours. Damn right. <laughs> Finally, yeah, we'll, damn we'll right. learn the real Nelson best played game any other game. Really, well, it's just going to be a panel of like, ask me, ask me anything. I play Devil May Cry 5. So what's a devil? Uh, a devil is a creature that may or may not cry. Oh, um, I'm gonna okay. come dressed up as that new character, the lady who gives you guns. Please yeah. do. There's a cutoff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the workers shirt. Workers, please, like, no yeah. smoking. Metal workers vest. In the recording Practice area, your though. incredibly southern accent. Like right. way too southern for any Kid normal demon person. Nails. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that's close. That's, yeah, it's, right. it's close yeah. to Nico. Yeah. Um, 
and then after that we'll have a we'll have a overflow episode of some games that we all felt pretty strongly about we'll talk oh, yeah. about those ones and then after yeah. that the big one the big one the big one the big one um but until next time thank you to oilville christmas dynasty Hell for yeah. our outro music uh their song he wants everything off the hit record christmas accomplished hello, hello, we'll see you next hello. time hey copy right now now okay Yeah. What I want for Christmas is